What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of I Came With Fire podcast. It's your boy, Brandon, and your boy, Zach. That's me. Back again. It's been a hot minute since we have done an episode where it's just been us. My uh, my brother reached popular. out. I guess, man. We're, <laughs> we're actually booked through February. And, you know, so that's pretty cool. I wouldn't say we're popular, that's for sure. But, you know, we have guests. Hey, and I'm we really thankful for those guests. Out of all podcasts, two days in a row. That's pretty popular. Not going to lie. That, dude. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a second because I was looking at that Spotify rap thing is what Zach is talking about, and I saw that we were the number forty four podcast on Spotify for two days in a row. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say what what two days. I have a feeling what two days potentially, and I kind of think it was the Luke Caverns episode because his episode with Danny Jones podcast, what used to be known as Concrete Podcast, that just yep. dropped like right after ours did. So his name was really hot, and he's you know he's an awesome guest. It was a great show, super awesome content. The conversation was awesome, get him back on. we have to get him back on. But yeah, I, I have a feeling that may have been those two days. But when I saw that, I was like, what? Out of the thousands of podcasts out there for tens two of days, <laughs> tens of thousands, we yeah. were at number 44 on Spotify. That's crazy. You know, so but anyway, and, and let's just take a moment and say that is 100 percent on all of you guys listening to us right now. Thank you. It's not because of me. It's not because of Zach. It's because you guys listen. You guys tell people about us. You guys listen to us more than once because I know there are people that are like, so listen, and then I listen again. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, you listen to us twice in the same episode? Like, that's freaking crazy, you know? Yep. And um, we, we absolutely appreciate every single one of you guys, and we could not do this without you. And it's, and I, you know, maybe a lot of people say that, but it's the damn truth because if we did this and no one watched, why would we keep up with it? And it's progressively gotten more and more and more and more, you know, so thank you guys so much for that. I like those uh, little Spotify wrapped. Those are pretty cool. Um, It was nice. Yeah. But, uh, it is nice, man. If it's, it just feels good. You know, I was about to say, it made me feel good about like the stuff we're doing. Cause I'm not going to lie. This is still kind of newer to us. We haven't quite hit the year Mm -hmm. and there's times where I'm just like, no, we haven't. It's like, man, like we're putting so much time and effort into this. And sometimes you see videos of the views that are like just a couple hundred and you're like, okay. But then you get something like tens of thousands. And honestly, that Spotify rap should like rejuvenated me. I was like, yeah, let's jump into this a little yeah, bit man. more. Let's dive in further. Let's keep going. So it was nice. Yeah, it is. It, it, this is a grind. It's not, it's not easy. You know, I, I spend a lot of time putting reels together, spend a lot of time editing, all that stuff. And so um, it is nice. But yeah, my my brother hit me up the other day and was like, yeah, it's been a hot minute since you and Zach have done just an episode, you two. And um, speaking of like the podcast getting better, he's like, you know, your editing skills have gotten better. And it's been a while since we've seen you guys on there. He goes, I'm listening to this popcorn podcast and like you guys are being really funny. He's like, you guys need to have more clips of just you two being funny. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's a good point, actually, because we haven't had an episode where we talk to one another, just each other in a long time. So mm-hmm. here it is. And unexpectedly, because somebody ghosted us, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be respectful enough to not say who it was, but ghosting is disrespectful and it I don't is. like it. Man up or woman up and say, can't hey, make can't it. Can't do it. Can't not make interested, it. Mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Don't ghost people, especially when we have things we're trying to do and we need to prep. So anyway, speaking of funny, the moral of the story is thank you guys for listening. Speaking of funny though, 
go on over to our Instagram page. Brandon uploaded a pretty funny video of me hacking in, I did. getting our podcast ready. So you can watch Hacker a very man. goofy video of me doing weird stuff that has no relation to anything. Yes. But it's fun to watch. Share it, comment, no, that's okay. like it. See my goofiness. It doesn't have to have. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's what people are here for. To see yep. your goofiness. 100%. That's, that's why I'm here. But, uh, <laughs> that's why I asked you to do this. Great. Thanks. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And cut. No. So, <laughs> right. That's it, guys. Four and a half minutes. But no. So here we are again. If this is the first time you've listened to a popcorn podcast, there are others. I believe this is number five. Um, but I'll just give you a quick rundown on how we do this. A quick rundown on how we do this. Zach and I don't know what we're going to ask each other prior to jumping on here. And we're just going to shotgun questions and uh, get honest answers that's what we're gonna do so um i have a good time doing this i know that zach does too mm -hmm. a lot of people say they enjoy these episodes um so yeah i uh i think i think zach should kick it off first to be honest let's do it so with these first ones we're talking before we hopped on here they're a little like icebreaker type things to kind of get it going mm -hmm. um do you like riddles brandon i feel like you're a riddle type of person I've asked you riddles before. I remember yeah. even like stump, stumping you and a bunch of other people on post one time with one of my riddles. Yes, yes. So I don't know if you've ever heard this one or both of these ones mm -hmm. before. They go in tandem. Mm -hmm. Are you ready okay. for some riddles? I guess. Let's embarrass myself publicly. Let's do this. <laughs> that's, that's the whole point. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. I am the beginning of everything, the end of time, the start of evolution, and the finale of the human race. What am I? The letter E. That's correct. Good job, Brandon. Everyone clap for Brandon. <laughs> All Thanks, right. bro. So speaking of E's, your next riddle is Easy. I start I start with the letter E. I end with the letter E. Between me is a letter that is not E. What am I? Hmm. I got gotcha. you. Eve? It is not Eve. Hmm. Can you say it one more time? I start with the letter E. I end with the letter E. Between me is a letter that is not E. Oh, an envelope. Yeah. Um, yep. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. It's the, it's the part where it says there's a letter in me or whatever. Right, right, right. Play on words. Nice. Very well done, Brandon. Congratulations. You have won Thanks, this episode's man. trophy. It's a crisp high five when we meet, so remember that. I'm going to hold you to it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one thing I wanted to say, too, I thought that was kind of cool, is we've had a couple people reach out recently um, and ask us if we wanted to come on their podcast, mm. which is pretty neat. Um Common freaking sense is one you guys should go check out. We're going to have him on as well uh, this month. And then the other one is I'm really excited for this one. Not that I'm not excited for common freaking sense, but one nothing podcast is uh, that one seems really fun because apparently we're going in totally blind and, mm -hmm. you know, they want to ask us, you know, to guess stuff about like true crime, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. I'm excited for that one. I think that's going to be pretty cool. But anyway, put a little, I guess put our berets on and try to solve crimes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, I guess it could be the year of hats because in January, when we have Aaron back on again, we have to wear, we're wearing tricorn hats. So it's going to be the most patriotic episode ever. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> you better love America. Seriously. It's going down. And if you don't, but, you're wrong. All right, man. That's right. If that was your question, I think I'm just going to jump into mine, man. Perfect. So we haven't done it anywhere near as much as like, we jokingly said we were going to, but I'm just going to start it now because it is genuinely something that perplexes me. And I I could see you smiling. I think, you know what I'm going to say, I have an um, idea. but you do. Yeah. And, but, but truly it perplexes me if I could say that word, because I have spent ample amount of time online trying to figure out where this person is. Now Zach knows exactly what, what it is. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Let me finish, and then you can. Then we can. Where this person is, because their social media stops at a very strange time at the end of when they stop podcasting. Okay. Yep. The entire last season of this podcast, and you know what? Ironically, you started this one off with a riddle. Their entire last season of their podcast is about riddles. It's, it's yeah. like a massive riddle. And there's and riddles after, in the episodes. There's for riddles us, in the, the episodes. The, right. And they're not, they're very, very subtle. Yeah. And the other thing I'm going to say too is you have to listen to the end of these episodes past the credits to hear because there yeah. are like subliminal things going on. There's like minutes actually, after some of them. It's minutes after, right? You almost have to recognize on your phone that there's like five minutes left in the episode, even though nothing's being said. Mm-hmm. And I actually had listened to that season all the way through a couple of times before like introducing it to you. And mm-hmm. then one day I was listening, listening to it and I had to look down at my phone. And I was, just what I said, there's like five minutes left on this episode. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I just kind of did the like jump by 30 seconds thing. And then I started mm-hmm. hearing all this really weird shit. And I was like, what the fuck? And then like all I did was went to the end of all the episodes and they were all like that. And, um, but he has literally vanished, which is really weird because he had social media. Um, there's Reddit forums of people asking what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. And there are seasons. And I know I'm being really, really vague still for you guys listening. And that's on purpose, we're getting but there. we're getting there. There are other seasons of this podcast and they end in the same number of episodes. Yep. And this one ends one short. Yep. And this entire season is on the Illuminati. It's on all the weird confluences of strange shit and Stanley Kubrick's movies, specifically The Shining and Eyes Wide Shut. And it talks about Admiral Byrd and Operation Hijump to Antarctica. Mm hmm. It's honestly fantastic. And there's all this shit at the end of these episodes with these weird clues. And it ends one episode short. So it almost is just like, did he get, did, did he fly too close to the sun and is now gone? And if so, how did he just, did he just decide, is this just like the greatest ending to a podcast ever where he ends abruptly without giving you the last episode, an episode he preps you for? In the yeah. actual last episode that was posted, he super teases it. 
he teases it. So is that like, is this just like a joke the whole time? Do you have to follow these clues to like a secret website where you can hear the last episode? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this is, I'm not even, I'm not even like playing or trying to be dramatic. Like if somebody is listening to this and you listen to hiding something podcast with Jesse Carey and yep. you know what the fuck happened, I please just message us on Instagram and, and tell me because I've looked, I've looked on Reddit. His Twitter stops around the same time that that last episode came out. It's just really, really weird. And he calls out a lot of really strange stuff. And it's just, to me, it's perplexing. I keep, you know, I said the word right this time. Mm -hmm. Because how are you going to just abruptly end something like that and then disappear? There's not, you're not anywhere on social media. You're not, you know, you're not on any other podcast because I've looked for him before. And he was on the Iron podcast Clad. came out. Or not Ironclad. Um, well, that yeah. So listed. Ironclad is the listed. Like, mm-hmm. Well, that was before. Yeah, that's the one before and, hiding something. Mm-hmm. Right, but I'm saying he wasn't on any afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. And so, right. So, and, and then Ironclad podcast was like this conglomerate of podcasts that like kind of all came out together. Um, it was just like a group, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I really want to know what happened to him. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about this. Isn't really a question for Zach. The question for everybody: What happened to Jesse Carey? Because let's let's like you I, were you just pulling up what he was talking about uh, or the the episodes? Were you just were you just pulling it up on the computer? I was just trying to find Jesse like a picture of Jesse Carey or something because even that's like mm. impossible to find. There's like right. no photos. Like the of last him. thing mm-hmm. there's the last thing he said on Twitter was something about the Washington Nationals baseball team. Just yeah. super random, you know, which I mean, even if you want to be that guy and zoom in on everything somebody does, like the Washington Nationals play in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. you know, which is where there's people he's saying are essentially some weird satanic cult of the Illuminati. And there's all this other shit that's going on are located, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so but no, but the. Why don't you pull up pull up the um the podcast and um let's talk a little bit about the seasons because they're all really really strange um stuff that he's talking about yeah so like just first pull, I think before mm-hmm, you get too far into it so like he still has a LinkedIn profile it's like but it's also not active and it just says mm-hmm. that he's still director of original content for Ironclad and it just says from April twenty twenty yep. to present. That's it. There's no picture. There's nothing else. There's no like contact. It's just real weird. Yeah. Everything on him on social media. I can't find him. Yeah. Yeah. Pull up, pull up the, uh, the episodes. Yep. I got him here. So let's see here. Just let me share my little screen. So this Boom. is Hiding Something by Ironclad. Um, starts and, in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, too. I've always thought about this, is that the podcast is still up. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. why? Why? Like, let me be real. Let me just upfront say, right? I don't necessarily think Jesse Carey is dead, right? Um, I don't think that... Like in my heart of hearts, but like I wonder, 
Right. Yeah, but like, and if, but the thing is, is like, if you're going to take this guy out, like, why leave the podcast up? You know? Yeah. I don't know. But like, look at this. So at the bottom of his, at the like summary for this, there's like GPS coordinates. Mm hmm. Like, where's that, where's that go? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll look this up here. We'll look this up. I actually in, haven't in even seen that before. I, I just noticed Dude, this yes. too, actually. I just, so we're, we're going to look this thing up. I don't know what this is, but we're going to look it up. But what was the name of that underground city he talks about where I think it's like Fox Farm or some shit like that? Uh, I'm wondering maybe if it's in Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, he does talk about. Like, I'm trying to see if yeah, anyone. Like, look at some of these he talks about. He's talking about like Bohemian Grove. talks yep. about. Um, that's it. That's the season. Leviathan yeah, is the season last one. Leviathan, Cremation yeah. of Care, the Georgia Guidestones. Yep. All of these things. They're all like apocalyptic. They're all about the end of the world. That's it right there. What did Admiral Byrd actually find is yep. the episode, the last one that got posted. And it has another but, GPS coordinate on it too. Or not right. GPS. Those are uh, longitude latitude. I guess that's GPS coordinate. Mm-hmm. I don't look what this stuff is. It, it probably, <laughs> I wonder if it's um, the location of that like pyramid object in Antarctica. You got to look both of them up now. Yeah. Copy and paste those things and let's yep. do it. That's what we're going to do. This is Let's definitely a watch it. this episode. <laughs> yeah. So those GPS coordinates go to Bohemian Grove. The ones in okay. the summary. Those go to Bohemian gotcha. Grove. Gotcha. Let's see. Where do these other ones go in this last episode? I feel like it's got to be Antarctica, given the topic of the episode. Could be, yeah. It is. It is the pyramid. The pyramids in quotes mm-hmm. in Antarctica. Yeah. So you're spot on. Okay. So really, it nowhere you can even go if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You technically can't. I mean, you could probably you could sneak into Bohemian Grove. I don't know if I would want to try. I mean, I, I can't say that I would want to try, but I don't know how easy it would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, Alex Alex Jones did it. <laughs> it got that crazy ass video of the cremation of care. Yeah, and, um, that's something too that he he even talks about on um, on the podcast is is Alex Jones's video. But uh, there is I'm trying to remember his name. There's a gentleman who was also on the Joe Rogan podcast who was with Alex Jones when they went there, and um, he since distances himself from Alex Jones. But in the episode that he's on with Joe Rogan, he talks about you know the craziest thing that went on there, and there were a lot of crazy things. To him, the thing that truly frightened him mm-hmm. was how excited and how separated from reality all of these people were when these rituals began, where they essentially were mock human sacrificing objects and these druidic rituals with the giant owl statue. And if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen this video, go on YouTube, type in cremation of care. But he said that these people were enjoying it and lost essentially in the ecstasy of watching this happen. And mm-hmm. I'll just tell everybody listening, you know, the, the definition of the cremation of care is essentially burning or getting rid of eradicating the soul of the cares that you have about humanity so that you can make the most objective decisions possible about the quote unquote good of humanity and you throwing off all the cares that you have about it. So that you have a clean conscience when you make these decisions, you have a clean conscience when you govern, and 
it's as nefarious as it sounds. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not already, already an Orwellian statement, the, the good of mankind. I think that's one of the most like naive and narcissistic things anybody can say because you don't know what's good for everybody. But it's it's a pretty wild thing. But I, I do. I genuinely want to know what the fuck happened to this dude because he's nowhere. Yeah. So I, I did some more, did a little bit more digging. You know, and I should have, I should have like dug in this a little bit more. I've always like wondered where it was and stuff. So we're going to go here. So I went to the yeah. Ironclad YouTube website. Okay. This is Jesse Carey right here. That's him. Yeah. And there he is and a couple other stuff. But if you look, he's mm-hmm. just in like these things for like mm-hmm. listed. This is his, the podcast yeah. before hiding something, but he's not right. really anywhere else. Kind of down here a little bit, but he's not like too prominent. This is the mm-hmm. last video of Jesse Carey, and it's from three years ago. There is nothing with Jesse Carey on the rest of this channel. It's like Ironclad yeah. doesn't know Jesse Carey even still exists. Even though his LinkedIn says he still works for him as like a director of like content or whatever. Yeah, but he so, hasn't been on it since 2020, which is prior to this shit anyway. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if people listening, if if you kind of want to maybe – like let's spark some stuff, maybe get things moving. Go to the Ironclad YouTube page. Go to like Ironclad's like Twitter or social medias, and just start collectively commenting. Where is Jesse Carey? Yeah, that's just a good idea. Like go on. Like this video was posted three days ago. If we get like a few of our listeners and us including stuff, we just go on here, click on, and just type in where is Jesse Carey. Maybe Ironclad will be like, oh wait a minute, oh yeah, we did a thing with that guy. Or, oh, yeah, we had a season that ended before episodes came out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's weird, too, because we just uh, had the the podcast up on, like, iTunes or Apple Music. Yeah, it was whatever. on Spotify. Yeah. Spotify? Yep. Does it still say it's part of the Ironclad Network? It does. Yep. still says it's part even of the Ironclad in, Network. Even, yeah, because it say even in all the episodes, you said part of, part of the Ironclad Network of podcasts. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's so weird, dude. It is weird. Like I'll I'll say this, okay? That's pretty brilliant to end a podcast that way, right? Yeah, if it's intentional, end it without giving you right. If to give to not give you the last episode to leave you hanging like that, mm-hmm. it's such a way to make you wonder what happened to him. Which is the entire premise of that season is weird shit happens to people who yeah. get too close to some of this crap, mm-hmm. right? And there's the, there's implied two seasons death. before. Mm-hmm don't have any like clues or secrets at least nuns that at least none that we could like i guess see easily but season three has prominent clues like this is a clue like you can definitely tell it's weird but only if you pay attention people normally listening it would they would just go to the next episode and wouldn't know you have to like listen to after or you have to start thinking you did like there's a couple episodes and i can't remember exactly which ones because it's been a couple months Mm -hmm. since i've listened to it but there's like like something in episode three will reference a weird thing in episode one. And it's yeah, so like, you have to li- listen sequentially. You, yeah. You have to pay attention. There's stuff in there. So if anyone's listening specifically with them, listen to hiding something because it is yeah. really, really weird. Go all the way through no, season, it is, one to season three. It's good. I, and they're I not think long. It, they're like 38 minutes each. So yeah, no, they are really good. And one of the cool things about that podcast is, there are tones playing throughout the episode that really, really heighten. 
your suspense and the way you feel. Mm-hmm. And I really, so my wife doesn't really like listening to podcasts. She prefers to like read. I like to read mm-hmm. too, but I like listening as well. Yeah. And so I got her listening to it in the car because I'm like, I think you'll really, really like this. And um, my wife is super spiritual, not necessarily like religious, but spiritual. And she said something to me that was a little profound that I hadn't actually thought of one time. And we're listening and she's like, oh, I can't do this. I really can't listen to this. She goes, you hear what he's doing? You hear what he's what he's doing in the background? She's like, he's playing the same tones. She's like, he's playing like he there's, a, there's a small bell that gets hit at the same time. Yeah. And she goes, these are things that that people who are spiritualists do to draw on these energies and draw them out of you. And she's like, it's no coincidence. She's like, you can't convince me. It's not a coincidence that he's not doing this on purpose to draw this energy out of you and create this like thing with it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's, more it's intentional. It makes you more invested. It pulls you in. You forget you're listening and you are, but you're actually like really, really listening. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the spots where he wants you to feel the suspense, you feel it so well. And the thing that she said to me about the bell, I was like, that is, that's wild because I've learned that too, that, Bells are very much a thing, and a lot of the communication people do with spirits. And there's a heavy emphasis on on ringing, and there's a heavy emphasis on certain tones, certain mm-hmm. like certain hertz levels, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, that's that's kind of wild. So everything wrapped up in these episodes is, and and, and that music and the bell and all that stuff is in all the other seasons too. I just want, yep, if if people haven't listened to to know that, but. It is. It's it's very, very intentional. And so I say that and bring up intention because either he intentionally, right, with all the given the thought and intention that are in these episodes, left us hanging or got interrupted and something happened. Right. But here's my issue Which with is the really intentional. Weird. My issue with the intentional, mm-hmm. like it's all on purpose, is Mm-hmm. Jesse Carey is a person who existed online and in real life for years, for like mm-hmm. most, you know, his whole life almost until right. that episode came out. That, oh, episode, that episode comes out. out and he disappears from everything. Like there's, right. there's nothing. There's, there's no like family members tagging him in a Thanksgiving thing. He's not referenced in anything else. There's no pictures Dude. of him. But after that, like, it, he literally disappeared. Now, so if it was intentional, whoever this person is is also having to be very committed to not existing, disappearing, at all. falling off yeah. the map. Yeah, what's That's weird too is weird. I noticed it is weird that you bring. I'm glad you bring that up because <clears> it it kind of took my my brain to this other spot. Is that when you go on like his Twitter, it it was still there a couple months ago. There's no there one now. that's commented. And is like, where are you, dude? What's going on? Or like, we listened to this episode, and you know, I I, I want to say there's a couple of comments across the entire breadth of his social media where it's like mentioning the podcast or where the fuck are you kind of thing, which is also really weird. There's a like, couple things on Reddit for the hiding something. Only, yeah, right. And it's like a little bit yeah. of Reddit threads, and it's just people going, "That mm-hmm. was a weird thing." Did anyone else hear this? Oh yeah, I did. What do you think it means? Well, where's the episode? And then. Exactly. Nothing. When the Georgia yeah. Guidestones got blown people, up, people were like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. the episode's coming out. And then nothing happened. So then it just fizzled right. out. 
Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really weird given Reddit and its content and the way people post on there. Mm -hmm. And this is the exact sort of episode podcast that you would expect people to build a community out of on Reddit, you know? And so I find it really strange that there's a lack of not of his social media presence, but of social media trying to find him or referencing just his drop off of the face of the earth. You know what I mean? You want to know something else that's, that's weird. So hmm. hiding something has like hundreds of thousands of like listens. Like it's a lot, but it only has 23 reviews. That's it. Hmm. What go, but if go you, is it, is that episode? Is that season Leviathan? Is it on YouTube? I'm not sure. I don't know if any of these are on YouTube. I was going to say, I wonder if it, if it is, if, you can but, pull it up and, yeah, and look I'll, at the I'll comments. Pull it up in a sec. But before we get to that, something I want to explain is mm-hmm. that so hiding something listened by hundreds of thousands, ran by a very high end production company, Ironclad, mm-hmm. Ironclad's YouTube channel. Which yeah. no, uh, hiding something's not on Ironclad's YouTube channel at all. Listed is, but not hiding something. So not hiding something Nothing is on YouTube. Nothing of hiding something is on their That's YouTube. Fucking weird. Yeah. That's weird. But what I'm getting at is our podcast on Spotify has 164 reviews. Mm-hmm. And I like I know we just talked about how we're, we were the 44th for two days in a row. But yeah. if you want to compare apples to apples, the I can't, our podcast is nowhere to the reach, production quality, Mm-mm. or listening. Not at all, dude. Hours or nope. whatever for hiding something. And they only have yeah, 23 so- reviews. It's really weird, man. That's what I'm saying. Something about this is just off. It's just off, which is why it's like, that's so weird to me. I keep saying this. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's so Mm -hmm. weird to me that he did these, these seasons, three seasons, all this awesome fucking content and just disappears. That's just weird, man. It's just, it doesn't, something about it doesn't sit right with me. And the fact, I think what it is that is that throws me off about this whole thing is that it genuinely seems to be five fucking people interested in where the hell he went. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, no one me, like decided to run it down yeah. on, <laughs> on on Reddit, right? Yeah. Like, where where is he? You know, and mm-hmm. I just think that's really weird because normally when something like that happens, there's this you know whole like, oh yeah. shit. That sucks. Where'd it go? That's yeah. really weird. Reddit, given the content, Reddit found that like serial killer dude because he was like killing cats on Reddit or whatever. It's a whole Netflix documentary right. about this dude. There like, is, yeah. Like, don't thousands don't fuck of people with cats. came together, yeah, to find this mm-hmm. guy who killed someone um, in Canada yeah. because mm-hmm. of cat posts. And you're telling me no one's like you just said. N- everyone just dropped everything for looking for Jesse Carey or the episode mm-hmm. or looked into it. Yeah, all of Reddit yeah. used the stars and jet patterns to find Shia LaBeouf's flag to tear it down. And you're telling right. me they haven't just like analyzed hiding something's episodes to figure out what the clues mean? It is very just strange. for the popularity of the podcast and given the following it seems to have mm-hmm. the minimal footprint that exists online about it, and then the followership footprint is super low. That seems really strange to me. Yeah. You know, that doesn't, those things don't jive. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's more interaction for our podcast online than there is that one. And like you said, the production quality is way higher than ours. Mm-hmm. So just being real, you know what yeah. I mean? 
And, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about like some of the stuff he says in these, these episodes, but like he references to a lot of things where people disappear when they're too close to some of the shit going on. Right. So Mm -hmm. like he talks about like Admiral Byrd and why he was sent to Antarctica, essentially right after World War II, when he went, it was supposedly there for just exploration but he essentially went with an entire fleet looking like he was ready to go to war right Mm -hmm. after world war ii and they actually had people die on this expedition but there's not a lot of info about it and some of the stuff that's come out there's like a journal which they have proven to be fake but there's a lot of stuff that has come out essentially even about admiral bird himself that alludes to there's some sort of technology or existence in Antarctica that is greater than ours. And that's why the Nazis were so focused on it during World War II and trying to build. And and this is a fact. There was discussion within Nazi leadership about building a base in Antarctica Mm. as as like this impenetrable fortress where you couldn't get into it. And it also would be a place where you could go if you started losing the war, essentially. And that is another... That's another part of the speculation about why Admiral Byrd got sent there in the first place and maybe to go and like take care of the last of the Nazis and Americans didn't really want everybody to know that was going on. But it wouldn't be unusual for the Nazis to know something was going on there and want to harness it because there are other incidents of this in within World War II and, and, and Nazi scientists, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the other like supernatural things that the Nazis were in. Like there's two examples I could think of like right off the jump. Well, actually three. So like the Nazi bell, which has to do with, um, they think maybe time travel. And if mm-hmm. you have an interest in it, I don't want to talk too much on it, but uh, the Astonishing Legends podcast has an amazing series on the Nazi bell. Um but the two other things that I know I could talk about that come to mind are Huska Castle. And Huska Castle is is a castle that is built to keep something in rather than fend off things attacking it, which is the entire point of a uh of a castle. castle yeah. And I actually have a real yeah, a real way, way, way down on Instagram if you want to go when we were talking the first time we had a spooky episode, I talk about Huska Castle. But essentially, there's a pit that this castle is built around. And all the fortifications, all the ramparts, they all focus in on this pit to keep something, whatever is inside of it, from coming out. And they all can train onto it and try and kill it. And there's some folklore around it and, you know, potentially true stories of the people that live around Huska Castle reaching out essentially to prisons and finding people who are there for life and giving them an option saying you can either stay here in prison for life or we can lower you into the pit at Huska Castle and you could tell us what you see even if you see nothing we'll, we'll let, let you, you go we'll get you out of jail yeah and there's this story essentially of one of these prisoners getting lowered into the pit and he gets far enough down where the light disappears. You can't see him. And there's just screaming and terror that's coming out of the pit. They pull him up. The guy, they said in the, the legend that his hair turned white and that he died of a heart attack, like died of fear. And so, but the Nazis had a presence at this castle because of the dark energy that was there. So let's take this into account real quick. This castle 
built around a, a pit to keep something in. The Nazis focused on it, and they wanted to harness the dark energy that's there. The same reason why they wanted to take and, and go to Antarctica, potentially to find something to help them win the war. Because that was the whole point of Huska Castle and harnessing that dark energy, mm. because Hitler and some of his leadership had a very strong interest in the occult. And then Warner von Braun, who you know was like the lead Nazi scientist for the the um, their rockets, the V two, um, he had a heavy heavy involvement in the occult as well, or ties to people that did. He was one of the Nazi scientists that came over on Operation Paperclip, and we've talked about him before. But he actually worked with Jack Parsons, and mm. Warner von Braun actually credits Jack Parsons as well as everybody else does as the father of modern rocketry. You know, and, and Jack Parsons was rocking with L. Ron Hubbard, who is the founder of Scientology, the religion, right? And Aleister Crowley, the famous Satanist. And so they did these rituals essentially to gain knowledge so that he, specifically Jack Parsons, right, could gain this knowledge to do physics. And it's not like he wasn't intelligent already. He mm-hmm. was had this belief that he was making contact with something that was giving him knowledge. And I've heard a lot of people, when they talk about Jack Parsons, they say that, you know, he's probably just crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that? And I would counter that argument with, you're talking about somebody who has a high level of understanding on things like physics, rocketry, right? Mathematics, all these things go together, trigonometry. Why would he waste his time doing stuff like that? If it doesn't make any sense, right? Why would he waste his time doing something like that if he wasn't getting what he was going to it for? Mm-hmm. And so to me, I think there's an element of truth there. I think that Warner von Braun, some of these other people, right, who were in the actual Nazi leadership, knew there's something spiritual, supernatural going on, and were trying to harness it, essentially. And I think Jack Parsons figured it out. But going back to the whole hiding something thing, these are topics that he talks about. And things yeah. that he's talking about, yeah, and and tying it to the U.S. government, and tying about tying it back to, you know, people like Admiral Byrd, whose son died mysteriously and was found as a vagrant in a warehouse, and mm-hmm. this person was, you know, it, it's just really, really strange. And um, you know, I don't want to recount the entire podcast with people, but I have always, and since you and I started doing this podcast, wanted to have a conversation about this because it, it's it's honestly pretty we pretty teased weird. it a while so but anyway so we did yeah 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 go watch hiding anyway, something there's weird stuff in there go watch hiding something try to find jesse carey if yeah. comment on their stuff if you ask, guys know yeah ask where's jesse carey if you know what the fuck is going on please message us or if you have insights we want to hear them so yeah anyway zach appreciates your turn bro it is that was a 38 minute question brandon our listeners are so happy. No, it's fine. <laughs> it was good, though. It was good. <laughs> um, this next one is here kind of talking about um, like law enforcement officers. And I just want your thoughts on recognition for like good work for like a law enforcement officer. And kind of what I'm getting at is mm-hmm. I was thinking about this for a while. So in the Air Force, we have these enlisted performance reviews that are yearly for people who don't know. And you have to like put like your accolades on there and stuff of like what you accomplished. What did you do in your work? How are you better than your peers or how are you equal to your peers or worse than your peers or whatever. Right. And I guess this question is more about 
Do you think it's weird or strange that for like security forces in the Air Force or just law enforcement in general, for them mm-hmm. to look good at their job, everyone around them has to be horrible human beings? Yeah. I mean, that's the short answer. I, I've always said this, and I'm going to be really critical, right? Yeah. And this this question kind of spurs a lot of stuff up in me because – I think first and foremost that the way we do enlisted performance reports or whatever the hell they're calling it now, since I, yeah. you know, the EPB now enlisted performance um, board. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the B stands for. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's broken, right? And we don't have to have. We're not going to have a whole conversation about that because it's going to bore everybody. But it's a yeah. very broken system, and it's it favors essentially people who are favorites, which is not uncommon. Yeah. If you had a job before, you're familiar with that. But I do think it's really weird, essentially, that the entirety of that process is essentially making, like you said, making yourself look good and throwing dirt on other people. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it creates and has created, at least in security forces and in my experience, this environment of cutting people down, two-facedness, um, you know, find there's always these private conversations too right where you're nice to somebody's face and then you go and you have the conversation with this senior nco or this cgo right and that's i know what happens in those conversations you go in there Mm -hmm. and you're trying to sell yourself to somebody which in turn isn't just talking about yourself it's shitting on other people yeah and um and, and maybe this is Maybe this is a unique to security forces thing. Maybe it isn't a unique to security forces thing. But um, I do think it's really weird. I think the system is broken. I think there should be an element of speaking to subordinates about somebody. But I also don't think there should be a lot of weight thrown onto that as much as some other people think. Because a lot of people, especially nowadays, I think... um, know that if they have a, the ear of somebody, they will use it to try and ruin someone, right? Mm. And so taking what other people, subordinates specifically have to say about somebody is really important. It should be taken seriously, but also with a grain of salt at the same time. Um, but, uh, you know, if you've been in the Air Force or in the military in general, I guess, um, at least I know from some of the people talking to them at other branches about about this is that uh, the Air Force's rating system essentially is is based more on you not doing your job than it is about you actually doing your job. Yeah. And I've never I've always heard people say, oh, you're not going to get marked down for just doing your job, which is bullshit because you will. You won't and, be marked down. And you'll, be, you'll be equal. But being the bare minimum equal is bad. That's that's the catch twenty two. Right. You're not marked down. Well, yeah, you're not. You're you're average, but average doesn't get you promoted. So, well, you reach a certain point, and when you're just doing your job, you can get marked down. And I've and I've seen it because you're not, mm-hmm. you know, leading in a certain way or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, I'll say this too: once you reach a certain spot, like you are supposed to be leading, and um. You know, we'd have a whole conversation about that too, especially when it comes to NCOs and senior NCOs. Um, but you know, I just have seen so many people work their ass off actually at work 
right? Manage the programs they're actually supposed to manage, manage the airmen they're supposed to manage, care about the airmen, care about the job, do the work, you know, actually take care of the shit that needs to get done. And they'll get the fucking shaft because mm-hmm. somebody organized three or four fucking bake sales. And I'm not even joking. It's yeah, bake sales or yeah. they're, you know, oh, this breakfast burritos or whatever the fuck. And that just much money I got like, the booster club. It's like whatever. Exactly, dude. How and I, I hate seeing <laughs> everybody. And I feel like every squadron probably has this person. And I'm going to describe them right now. You know, it's the person who is in all of these clubs. And it's the person who organizes all this shit. And what eventually happens is everybody thinks they're amazing. They get pulled off a flight, which is actually like pull and post, right? And being mm-hmm. a cop or, or security. And they wind up with some fucking back office job where they don't actually have to work and gives them all the time to organize all this side shit. And that'll be the person they promote. Yeah. There's more eyes on with leadership, senior NCOs. uh And ass kissing and, oh, Mm. wow, that's awesome. I love the fact that, you know, you organize this bake sale. But anyway. Yeah. I was kind of getting at though with that that question too is like – so I was thinking this more now being like the first sergeant. So we're mm-hmm. finishing up our like my my EPR my enlisted review whatever and uh, mm-hmm. um, when I was in recruiting it was all about production so it didn't matter what mm-hmm. anyone else was doing there's not anything bad from someone else for you to look good as a recruiter like you mm-hmm. it's all you doing it right mm-hmm. but now as the shirt like yeah I could like run events I could do like leadership seminars I could do those type of stuff right but like one of my bullets, like one of my points on there is going to be like dealt with someone who was arrested. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, that's, that's weird mm-hmm. to me that I look like a better shirt or a better cop when other people are like, like I'm at my highest when other people have to be at their lowest. And that's like, I guess what's kind of weird. Oh, I'm getting okay. At. I get, like, I get your question a little bit better now. I think. Yeah. Cause like when, so if a it goes into like the community policing a little bit, like for cops, if a mm-hmm. squadron or a, a police agency has very good community policing, that should mean there should be like way less crime. But if there's way less crime, then cops don't mm-hmm. have things to respond to, to, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way, prove to their higher ups that they are needed or that they're doing their job. So like an mm-hmm. example, when I was at Fairchild Air Force Base, the wing commander decided he's like we haven't had like any alcohol incidences or like DUIs in like a very long time. That's weird. Oh, no. I know they're out there, so the cops must not be doing their job. So he right. came down hard on the MSG commander, who then came down hard on our commander. We need you to do more alcohol wand checks, more mm-hmm. um, random stops at the gate, blah blah. And then lo and behold. Look at that. If you start looking for something, you're going to find it regardless if it's there or not. Right. And so we start finding way more alcohol-related incidences and it starts spiking. And then the wing commander who's in charge of Fairchild now looks like a bad commander because he just spiked alcohol incidences under his command. Mm-hmm. So now he's like, right. oh, stop doing that. So it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, isn't and that I- just the life of a fucking cop in general, bro? Like, like yeah, that's – 
that has been one of the biggest frustrations of of my career and everybody's career in security forces is like, yeah. you know, if you're not doing your job or nothing happens during your shift, right? That's what I mean. Not 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 doing your job and nothing happens where you have to do your job, right? Yeah. Then okay, cool. To us, that's great. That's that's yeah. the day you want to have. You know what I mean? Yep. Maybe some days you want some shit to happen so the shift yeah, goes yeah. by quick because they're twelve plus hours. Mm-hmm. You don't want something fucking serious, you know. Yeah. But anyway. And that's something I've always said before too, is that it's it's completely and totally the luck of the draw for the most part. When it, and and I say it like that too, right? Luck of the draw for the for the most part for EPR bullets, because if if nothing ever happens when you're on shift, you don't have shit. But somebody who just randomly always has a domestic or always has a DUI or you know, and there's work you can do right to to like boost yeah. yourself up. Mm-hmm. But that work, no one really cares about. Once, you, like, unless you're like an airman riding a speeding ticket, no one gives a shit. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, if you're a tech sergeant riding and you wrote eighty-five speeding tickets this year, they're like, "Why your ass with it? Throw it up a yeah, tree." You did your job. You did the bare minimum. You things. did your job, right? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and um, but no, you know what's even crazier too, bro? Is um, when I was a flight chief in Germany, one of the things we had to do, and we took we took the blotter incredibly serious, a lot more serious than the unit I was just in here at Travis. Mm-hmm. which is pathetic. Um, but we would sit with the midshift who had to send the blotter out to wing leadership. Okay. And we would go over it for a long time, looking up typos, like fixing stuff, maybe making things in the readability and the understanding a lot mm-hmm. better for, you know, and there's, there's the exact blotter you got to send out too, which is a lot different than the actual LE blotter. Right. And I know yeah. we're like talking shop, but um, we would sit there and write this shit out. And one time we got a response essentially from somebody at wing leadership they wrote and they like um, asked a question about something serious that had happened. And, um, you know, the person had basically wanted to know if our unit was going to put this person up for an award and it was like worthy of that. Right. And so we said yes and started doing it and like the unit was doing it, but somebody along that like chain. Okay. Was like, that's not worthy of anything. They were just doing their job. Yeah. And it's just like, Net- fuck you, dude. Like, yeah, everything is everybody doing their job. You know, yeah. finance finds a way to save money. Oh, they're doing their job. But here they are, you know, winning awards yeah. for whatever. Like that. I hate that mentality, dude. Like just because I'm doing my job, it doesn't, I didn't sign. Yes, I signed <laughs> up for this, but I didn't, you know, it's different than, it's different when you're going to somebody's death or you save somebody's life. Like, yes, that's my job, but that is an extraneous circumstance at so my job. That relates to something that like mm-hmm. irks me still to this day, I guess. It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's several things that goes into one thing that just makes me kind of irritated with security mm-hmm. forces in the sense is that – Yes, you're a first responder. You're supposed to respond to very serious things, save lives, protect the peace, all this type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I have given CPR to babies, save their lives. Mm-hmm. I've given right. CPR to grown adults, save their lives. I've talked people down from suicidal stuff, save their lives. I've done countless times as a cop, and never once did I ever get like an achievement medal or anything mm-hmm. more than a good job, Smith. As a recruiter, I was at the post office, and the dude in front of me had a seizure. I caught him, and I just held him there in like the the like rescue position until paramedics arrived, and I got a achievement medal for that. Because mm-hmm. to a recruiter, 
or like a non security forces unit, that's above and beyond. That's wild. But I remember mm-hmm. when I got the medal, I was like, I, I appreciate the medal. Don't get me wrong. Thank you for the medal. I appreciate it. It was great. I get another ribbon, that type of stuff. I hang it on my wall. I'm proud of the medal. But it also makes me think of all the times where I feel like I've done way more than that and there was zero mm-hmm. recognition. It's just yeah, like, it's good funny. job, Smith. You did your job. I I honestly hate talking about like my accomplishments in general, but I'll tell you a story, right? Um, when I was in Montana, I was driving back from picking up food. And uh, if you've ever been stationed in Great Falls, you know that the Missouri River, there's a road that runs all the way around the Missouri River. And um, I was coming up to the end of that road and there's a traffic light there. And I noticed in my rearview mirror that somebody stopped behind me in the traffic light. And when I went to go, when the traffic light turned green, I noticed that that person didn't move from their spot. And I remember thinking, that's kind of weird, but maybe they were mm-hmm. looking at their phone. And so when I look back in my rearview mirror again, I noticed that it took off with a jolt and cut across the highway, went up over the curb and crashed into a tree. So I was like, what the fuck? And flipped a bitch and yeah. went and, you know, went went over to where the car was. And um, I went up to the car, you know, and it was still revving you, mind you. And it's going up this hill into a tree, like boom, boom, the car is moving. Right. And I run up to, it's a Jeep. I run up to this car and I could see the guy in the driver's seat was having a seizure. And I was like, oh shit. Like, what the fuck, you know? And I'm like, how am I going to, I try pulling on the door handle. Like, and dude, the whole time the car was moving, like I can't get into it. So I picked yeah. up a rock and I smashed the back passenger window. Okay. Went in through the car, pulled his foot off the fucking uh, accelerator, accelerator and put the car. Yeah. And, and, and like turned the car off. And um, I got the guy's phone, found his dad's number in the phone after calling 911 from mine. Okay. I called 911 and they're coming out there, got his phone. He's still having a seizure, called his dad and, and his dad beat the fucking paramedics out to the site. Okay. And, um, you know, the whole time the dad was like, oh my God, like, you know, that I can't believe that you thought to call me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I mean like that, the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh shit, you know, because he was a relatively young looking dude. Yeah. And, um, anyway, so they actually told the base about that, what happened. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the leadership I had at the time and whatever it is, what it is. I'm not like, I'm not like salty, but I just think it's yeah. funny because like you said, right. You were just doing your job. Yeah. Good job. Defender. I was off. I was off, right? I wasn't at work. Yeah. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't responding. You know, I smashed the back window of somebody's car when it was moving to stop yeah. them, right? You know, and uh, Which your, your whole, your whole incident, kind of anyway. your whole incident, like being a shirt now and like writing medals and stuff like that, or just being mm-hmm. like NCO for a couple of years and stuff. You should have got an airman's medal, not an achievement, not a comm. Like that's a textbook airman's medal. Oh, well, that's what that should have been. I, but that that's but yeah. Good job, defender. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those fucking forever ago. But like, you know, it's it's just one of those things. The Air Force in general, right? And you just kind of like had this conversation is really really bad at recognizing people. We've talked yeah. about this before. We talked about it with uh, Dan Schilling. We had him on. Uh, but yep. the Air Force is notorious for not recognizing people. They are, but they're also notorious if you've ever served in the Air Force and you're listening, 
the Air Force is notorious for recognizing people who don't fucking deserve it. And I'm just going to say that because it's a fact. Yeah. They're on both sides. That's of this. In, They'll over-recognize like the, yeah. the littlest things. And then something actual legit happens. And like, eh. <laughs> right. And, dude, it's something I, I heard literally yesterday and today from people that are that are still – one of them was active duty and one of them is a veteran. So they're, they're, they're out of active duty completely now. And uh, I was kind of having this conversation with both of them. It was weird that it came up at the same time. And all I was saying was kind of how disappointed I was in some of the things um, you know, that I experienced in, in my last unit. And they're like, man, you know, why do you, why do you talk so negatively about these things? And I'm like, because they deserve to be talked about because there are people in these squadrons who feel this way and get treated certain ways. And these people in these leadership positions get away with shit all the mm-hmm. time. And no one talks about it because it's taboo and you're not supposed to talk about the negative stuff. And, you know, there's plenty of good things and I could talk about that too. And there's plenty of amazing people. I have met way more amazing people in the military than I have met shitty people. I'll say that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's a fact. But I'm also not going to not voice yeah. when things are being done wrong. That's just me. If you don't advocate for the change, it won't ever come. Regardless of how good something exactly. can be, you can find improvement. Facts, you know? <laughs> and this is a conversation that we have all the time in private, but you don't ever say it in public. You know, mm-hmm. uh, not that's not me, dude. Like, I've, I've always been that person to just say it. It just annoys me, dude. It's, there's just, there's no gatekeeping on bullshit. It's yeah. just bullshit. Yep. But yeah. Well, that was I that do think question. it's weird. You're up next, yeah, yeah. Brandon. It's <laughs> <This> awkward transition. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so one of the things I, you know me, dude, I'm fucking weird. What? One of the things I found, <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> I was I was reading online the other day, just killing time on my phone, and I started Mm -hmm. I started down this rabbit hole because disclosure is is a pretty big topic in the news, you know, uh, UFOs, aliens, UAPs, whatever you want to call them. And I saw this person talking essentially about how the reason why the U.S. government holds back on what it knows is because they know that aliens, ET aren't actually aliens or ET, that they are actually angels and demons, Mm. and that they don't want you to know about them, and that essentially all the religious experiences people have are the same as the experiences that people have that they think are extraterrestrial. And so essentially that they're protecting us from these things because they know what they actually are. What do you think about that? I would so aliens and extraterrestrials to me in general over the last couple of months, just with talking with other people mm-hmm. about it on our podcast and just more conversation with you and stuff, and just the things that come to light, mm-hmm. I don't think they're I don't think they're um from a different planet. So I'm gonna give you a weird mm-hmm. theory. I think okay. that they are from a different time either the future mm-hmm. or the past, but they're mm-hmm. still humans. Mm. That's my theory. So mm. I don't think, I personally don't think they're like angels or demons or anything like that. Um, they, 
they maybe they could be maybe if you go far into the future they get powers like an angel or a demon or that's just how we reference them in biblical terms or like how we reference them in the past but i i think that aliens are just evolutionary steps of humans from the super far future or the super far past more likely the future so you you think that every species of extraterrestrial originated here yeah it's a it's a it's an evolution of humanity from a from a further time Hmm. like i like i feel like the grays right they're small they have real big Uh they have real big black eyes they're kind of pale and frail i'm assuming Uh that they are a super far advanced future version of humans who maybe evolved to not need a lot of light and probably are at a point to where like they're not walking a lot. They're not like doing a lot of physical labor because their technology is so advanced. So they just over time evolve to be these really small kind of frail beings that have big black mm-hmm. eyes. I think it's just evolution. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I can kind of see that evolution piece you're talking about, but I have a, a couple of thoughts about what you just said and that I don't think that they're all originated from like this planet and they're just different versions of us coming back or whatever. Cause, cause when you say they're time travelers, if you're coming from outside this galaxy, like technically you are time traveling, you know what I yeah, mean? So I want to because when you think quick. about it in a relative sense, it's time yeah. travel. What? So I want to preface real quick. I also, so me personally, humans themselves are not from this planet. I don't think mm-hmm. like you and I are natural to this planet. We and were the aliens. Yeah, we are the aliens. So, like, mm-hmm. um, and the reason why I think that is, like, we're, like, the only species that doesn't naturally, like, fit here. We have to alter our environment, alter the Earth. We're constantly changing it. Like, humans don't cohabitate like a cat does with the Earth. Like, we have to cut, break, mold, like, change so many things on this planet to mm-hmm. live here. That to me seems weird that we don't just like naturally cohabitate with the earth or mother nature. Yeah. So I, I think it's a thing of time travel, probably from the future, but I don't think humans are like we naturally evolved on this planet. I think we are probably like a DNA byproduct of something else on the planet, like maybe like a monkey and then whatever came to this planet. But I also, but that being said, I don't think the aliens that we see or the extraterrestrials that we see, they're not coming from like super far other galaxies. And I don't think they're coming from like the other side of even our galaxy. They're probably very local, but I think they're so advanced that like, they're not in our time right now. They visit it, but they're from a, they're a future us coming back to change something or alter something to fix something that they know about that's coming. That's that's where I kind of say. And when it comes to the government part of your question, where it's like, does the government know? Oh, 100%. I think the government 100% knows of all this stuff, and they're in cahoots with whatever's going on. And I think it's interesting that the last, like, 15, 20-ish years, alien-type conversations are becoming more natural. They're getting just like just – like, uh, before the world, before the we went and invaded um, Iraq and Afghanistan, terror from like the word terror and terrorism was becoming a buzzword 
in the like late 80s, 90s. Hijackings all of a sudden started becoming more prominent. Then you had 9-11. It was like a buildup to get the people used to this concept and this idea. So then when we get to like the 2000s, 2001 and on, we're now going to the global war on terror. We're fighting terrorism. Right. This, is, this so, is normal. This is what we're doing. I think right, so. Stop, stop it there, real quick. Yeah. So what you're saying, because you're getting like really far away from some I of am. the things you said that I want to address, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So unpacking. Let me unpack all of what you said, real quick, right? Because there's a lot of rabbit holes here. I can see the whole thing about aliens being time travel, time traveling versions of us coming in and visiting. Even though I don't really see why they would be interested in doing that if they've already made it past this point, right? And they, we, these could just be tourists, right? If they are in fact tourists, yep. or if they are in fact that, I just don't really see too much point in that. I don't know, but I mean, because we've had the conversation before, like would I go back in time and witness things? It's like, yeah, I would, but. At the same time, like if you're that far in the future that you can travel either intergalactically, interstellar, or through time, then I don't know. I feel like you're yeah. more preoccupied with more important things. But to your comment about like the grays, like you talked about, one of the things that I have considered when talking about or thinking about this whole thing, because I actually do spend time thinking about it, is yeah. The greys don't seem to have the – well, first off, they don't have the same body structure we do. They don't have a nose, not a prominent mm -hmm. one like we do. Their mouth, when they're described, is either a slit or people – it's so small, people can't yeah. tell if it's there and maybe there's not even one there. There's yeah. really, really big eyes and they have really, really big heads and like you said, they're very, very frail body. Mm -hmm. So let's run it through that screen of evolution, okay? All of the problems that we face as human beings come from emotions. And those emotions create a lot of really good things, right? Mm -hmm. Like love and family. Yeah. But it also creates really terrible things like war and murder and crime. Okay. So if you're going to evolve and you're going to recognize biologically that in order to preserve your species, you need to eradicate the things that no longer work, which is what mm -hmm. evolution is, right? Mm -hmm. So alligators are the perfect form because apparently they haven't evolved in or millions sharks. and millions of years. Yeah. Sharks, exactly. Yeah. Jellyfish, they're the perfect form of whatever they they're are. They're perfect right? for their environment. Humans clearly are not. Yeah. Well, right. That's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying, though. They don't evolve anymore, but other species do, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not the perfect form. There's still something that needs to happen biologically for that. So what I'm getting at is that there are a lot of studies, too, on people and whether or not we feel things the same way we felt what you may describe as love or fear or attachment today as what our ancestors in the medieval times or yeah, yeah. ancient Rome or whatever, if they felt the same way. And I'll say this, too. There's a precedence for this because they figured out, the scientists have figured out, anthropologists have figured out that the Greeks don't could not actually see the color blue the way that you and I could see the color can see the color blue. Is that why everything was blue? They called it some because <laughs> they couldn't see it. Well, they couldn't perceive it the same way we did, right? Okay. Yeah. So whatever color they were making 
the way it's described and like actual like writing from that time period is is a deep line is what it's written as right hmm. so it's like the cones in your eyes and their eyes are still evolving right so mm-hmm. there's all of that right but the thing i'm getting at is that what if they're just if to your to your point they're just people who have evolved to not have emotion to not mm-hmm. have all these other things right you don't need this if you're not threat. You know, maybe you're not threatened anymore, so you don't need to smell anything. You don't need to smell predators. You don't need to smell food. Yep. You figured out all this other shit about it. You don't need to communicate because your brain is so fucking big that you can communicate telepathically, which is exactly how all of these aliens communicate to people, seemingly telepathically, right? Yep. And you don't need to use your body anymore because there's no need for physical exertion because perhaps something has you've eradicated the need for that. And yeah, I'll, and I'll say this so even, advanced, even more that anything. we, exactly. And so let's, let's take this even a step further with what you're saying. Okay. When you consider the things that AI can do for us and will be able to do for us, especially when you reach that point of artificial general intelligence, AGI, right. Mm-hmm. There may not be a need anymore for you to do certain things physically. And I think for a while those things will hold on because there will be value in actual labor because you can't have you know, certain things done by AI. I mean, at least to my knowledge right now, knowing what I know and, and not being there in the future when this moment happens, but certain labor will be desired from human hands carpentry things like that right with yeah. with the thought behind them okay mm-hmm. but eventually you could see it getting to the point where that isn't even a thing anymore like obviously there's assembly lines that are run entirely by robots which is different than ai but obviously but what if now this step essentially of artificial intelligence artificial general intelligence becomes this this essentially this this totem for us ne- needing and recognizing that we need to be objective just like AI is void of emotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that this, this trajectory we're on as human beings of molding ourselves with the technology we create. Okay. You are at a disadvantage if you don't have your phone now. And that's a fact. Okay. Yep. There's a lot of disadvantages you're at without your phone. And essentially, we've said this before, you're now, you're like a cyborg with a removable computer, okay? Yep. But when you look at what, like, Elon Musk is wanting to do with, like, Neuralink, wanting to put that in your brain, okay? There is a desire for human beings to want to mesh with the technology that we make. And that has always been what humans have done. We just make things better. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so different than other animals, right? Yeah. Bees, and, and, and I'm quoting Joe Rogan here, they're amazing at making beehives, but it's the only fucking thing they do, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe <laughs> that's what it is you're talking about, is these grays, maybe they are us way in the future, and however they got to that point, whether it's me- meshing with technology or yeah. meshing with the consciousness of the universe, right? And that they don't need any of that other shit anymore, and that, that could yeah. be them. but. But to your other point, you're talking about getting people used to something and then basically kicking off whatever it is you intended on happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so your whole point implies essentially that there was a plan the whole time for, to use your example, 9-11, if 
you know, because it was nine eleven was the first time the what the World Trade Center was attacked. Obviously, right. there was another attack, and I'm pretty sure in ninety three, right? Yep. And by the same, there group. were other there were other plane mm-hmm. other plane hijackings, mm-hmm. right? Prior to that, right? Yeah, the the whole Iranian thing, right? Mm-hmm. With Carter. Um. So I mean, like, I see what you're trying to say as far as like setting people up for that kind of thing. But the other half of me is like, that takes a lot of effort and I work for the government and know how dysfunctional it is. You know what I yeah, mean? So I'm not, but, I'm not arguing that know, the government is planning the thing. They're taking advantage of mm-hmm. stuff happening to, mm. to push a narrative. That's mm-hmm. it. So they're not, they're not mm. okay, planning nine okay. 11. They're not, making hijackings happen more they're not so doing the, that they're the whole never let a happen. good crisis go to waste that that's what it is mm-hmm. and i think they're doing that now with the the aliens the extraterrestrials it's what do you what do you think their goal is then by taking advantage of it so i don't so the whole like aliens being future humans is like a new idea or theory to me that I've kind of like started thinking about. And it's, I've gotten it from mm-hmm. other people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not something I just made up one day. Um, no, but yeah, the, uh, um, the main idea, and it, it kind of goes, cause we've talked about this before. Like if you could time travel, that means you have to control all matter because you have to move everything. And if you control all matter, then you're a God. So what's the point of interfering with anything at that point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea, I guess, of, them coming to the past is that they're not coming to their past. They're coming to our present. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, Cause again, yeah, the yeah. weird time travel stuff, um, their future is not our future yet. And it's mm-hmm. the idea that there is different types of future humans. There's like the grays and then there's the, was it the whites or whatever? What's what's the other whites, one? There's also to? the rep, reptilians, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, the reptilians. So these all exist. They are future human possibilities. And there's the good and there's the bad. And they are interfering and influencing our current present to try mm-hmm. to get to whatever outcome they need us to be at for whatever purpose theirs is. But they mm. can't just directly do it. So they have to influence. Um, and that's where I'm kind of going with the whole, the government is never letting a crisis go to waste is that there's more alien stuff because potentially they are aware or they have an agreement or whatever, that something mm-hmm. soon is going to happen from the grays or the whites or the reptilians. And they don't need the humans to be panicked from it. They need the humans to be ready and less shocked by it so we can then handle it when it arrives Hmm. do you think they've always been here the aliens Mm -hmm. yeah i think when the egyptians are talking about fire fiery cherries from the sky that's an alien that's a ufo i think Mm -hmm. when and this is where it gets kind of weird to biblical so I, I I haven't told anyone on like a live podcast that people are going to listen to, but I've left the Mormon mm-hmm. faith, right? I talked mm-hmm. about it after a thing, and I yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up. Yeah, I've started a soul search on religion on all that type of stuff, 
And a part of me, as of recently, has been leaning towards that maybe a lot of like the biblical God stuff is alien stuff. And it's just interpreted mm-hmm. as God stuff because previous mm-hmm. humans can't understand it. So they just attribute it to God. Exactly. And so I'm starting to think, my, and I, I don't know yet. I, I'm a human. I'm figuring it out. That's the whole point of like learning and doing all this type of stuff. And just me personally, where I'm at is I have no idea if a God exists or not currently. And I don't know what faith is correct or not, if any. But I'm currently running with the idea that aliens are future humans of evolution and they've been coming back from their timeline into ours for maybe millions of years, influencing our current like timeline and humans. And they could be mistaken for biblical godly beings. So when so, it comes to your angel and demons, yes, mm-hmm. they very well could be an angel and a demon on the biblical understanding of it, because that's how humans would perceive angels and demons at that time. But I think as we progress, they may not actually be angels and demons. They're just aliens. But we we're just contributing them as angels and demons because that makes sense to us currently. So I agree, so, but I don't. It's weird. <laughs> so I think a lot of the examples that you're giving, um, we use the term alien and it may be interpreted in a manner that I know I'm not meaning when I say alien, okay? Yeah. Because I don't think every quote-unquote alien is yeah. an extraterrestrial, meaning that they came from a planet, right? Yeah, I or think there needs to be a different ours. term. I'm not, I'm not right. thinking well, it's a like, xenomorph from the movie Aliens. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm saying this for like people listening so they understand yeah. like my position. It's like how the government recently just changed the the meaning of the um uh the it's not an acronym but of of UAP. It mm-hmm. used to be unidentified aerial phenomena. Now it's unidentified um oh shit, what is it? Um unidentified anomalous phenomena, right? Mm-hmm. So not aerial but anomalous because there's there's things in the water, all this stuff, right? So yeah. they've they've widened what the term means. And before that, it's UFO. It's not an acronym. It's yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. not a, not an acronym. It's an initialism. Anyway, mm. <laughs> throwback. But <laughs> mm-hmm. your your entire thing on talking about like your faith and and your religion like made me think about like two different things. So I think first and foremost that there are. There is life on other planets because we can observe other planets, right? Yep. Um, so I think that exists. But I think that we get interacted with things that are interdimensional more than we get interacted with things that are extraterrestrial. extraterrestrial. Yeah. So and when I, I say alien... I would argue nothing from another planet has visited us. That's my theory. Okay. And there can be life I on think other planets, but nothing from I think another that that's planet a fair statement. Here. Right. I think that that's a fair statement. Um, you, the way in a mode you'd have to travel, right? Like for us, mm-hmm. at least not knowing what other planets may have, yeah. you just can't do it unless you understand like wormholes or you have some mm-hmm. sort of other crazy means of fuel and technology. Right. So 
But but for me, when I say alien, I don't necessarily just mean ET. I mean interdimensional, right? As mm-hmm. well. So I'll, I'll start using those terms so that they don't become completely synonymous with one another when we're talking. Yeah. And so first, I'll ask you this question, and then I want to make another point. But you're talking about losing your faith, you know, the Mormon faith, and that you're, you know, you're kind of debating on what you believe, which is something everybody grapples with. But my question to you would be then, if tomorrow every world leader came out and said, it's all real, okay, would you be in the camp of people who think that would ruin religion? Or are you in the camp, sort of like, you know, pulling the curtain back on Oz and ruining religion? Or would you be in the camp of it being confirming that those things happened and morphing the religion that already exists here on Earth into something different? I'd be the. I think the latter would be the one that humanity would probably go with. You're obviously going to get like groups that would be, mm-hmm. no, my religion's still right. Like you guys are all like anti-Christian or anti-Muslim, you're a Satanist, you're you're gonna go to hell mm-hmm. or whatever. That's gonna happen. Because mm-hmm. you have very people very strong in their faiths. Regardless. Mm-hmm. You you could have mm-hmm. you could have Jesus walk in front of people and people would be like, nah, like that would happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um yeah. but me personally I, I, I don't know where I would actually be because I, I'm a person who is very wary of what the government tells us so i think if they came out of every government just in unison like and i'm talking everyone like even like enemy like north mm-hmm. korea i like all of them came out and said right. yeah so the ones that matter like yeah. putin all of the eu yeah. xi jinping right they, they all came out and said hey there's interdimensional beings or aliens per se and mm-hmm. they exist and whatever all these are all the things a party would be like okay why why are you telling us now? Like, what's the end goal? And then I would be really worried about any government, to be honest. Because then I'd be like, so you're telling me there's interdimensional beings that can, like, change things and that I should now assist you in what is that you need us to do to fight or, like, conquer this or maybe befriend it? Because if they're interdimensional... Mm-hmm. Are they just running you? And have they been running you this whole time? Like, are you the ally here? Or are you the enemy? I think that there there is some sort of interaction. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it gets really weird. So, and that, that's where it's like, the, the, is it the gray, is the white, like, is it the good, or the bad? I don't know. But, like, my question <laughs> is, do you think that for for the state of religion on, on planet Earth, that knowing that, let's just say people... And obviously, this is just an experiment, right? Mm -hmm. Or a conversation. If people knew interdimensional beings, life on other planets existed, right? Do you think that it would essentially cause so much existential dread and and shaking of faith that religion itself is, is ruined, quote unquote? Or do you think that it would sort of confirm what people believe and turn into either some sort of new religion or 
morph what they really believe and say, you know what? Actually, St. Michael was an interdimensional being or Ezekiel, the chariot is actually UFO. And I know that now or whatever. And it becomes something different. Does that make sense? I think majority would be what you just last said. Mm -hmm. Humans are stupid. We're so into habits and we have to have, like most people have to have a belief system. Even people mm-hmm. who have no belief in a God still have a belief in something. Mm-hmm. You believe in science. You believe right. in right. like, you know, whatever it is. You have a belief. I think mm-hmm. humanity to cope with there being interdimensional to beings as a whole would more than likely just replace God with interdimensional being. Because I agree with you. I think be the easiest transition to understand what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I think that there would be, you know, some chaos. I think there would be these yeah. cult groups that, you know, go Jonestown, right? For sure. It's the but end of I, times. I do. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that's happened without even aliens being here, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> but but the other thing, like what you're saying is, is so true about human beings. We've had this conversation before, but mm-hmm. everything can be looked at as a religion if there's a belief in it. Because Correct. there's... There's belief, then you have people that are in the out group, then you have people that are radicals, and then it all has its own dogma, it all has its own mm-hmm. bureaucracy, just like religion, right? Like politics or mm-hmm. this whole the science thing, right? Like the recent science thing without saying certain words, right? Yep. You can all look and say they have the same qualities as religion. Out group, dogma, beliefs, and casual believers radicals i believe it's a natural human thing for us to do is to have a belief Mm -hmm. in something collectively as a group Mm -hmm. regardless Mm -hmm. of what it is yeah it doesn't have to be religious or god or anything i don't think we can ever separate what it means to be human away from that at all yeah yeah that's where it gets kind of interesting because if if the grays or aliens mm -hmm. are future humans i'm wondering have they evolved past belief because that gets into like so autism Autism is considered currently in like the scientific community as the next step of evolution of humans. Like more autistic people are being born regardless of how like you try to like mitigate it not happening or whatever. Like, oh, give birth in this Mm -hmm. time frame, that type of stuff. They say the older you are, the more odds of being autistic, whatever. More autistic humans are coming into birth onto this planet. And it's like estimated, it's going to take a long time. It's going to be like thousands of years, but you're eventually going to get to a point where probably majority of humans are autistic, like very high on the spectrum. Well, so it's like the next evolutionary take, leap, apparently. I don't know if it's going to take a different current idea, you know? I've seen that idea floated. I kind of tend to be in the other camp on that, right? So. I do think that there's a potential that there is evidence that human beings are evolving, mm-hmm. but I tend to think, and this is going to sound fucked up and I'm sorry for this, but not sorry that when things start changing, there are mistakes and that most people who are severely autistic, 100% need help to survive and could not exist on their own. That is not a better version of this, right? Yeah. So, and that's just a fact. And I don't say that with any sort of malice or or sarcasm. Hold on a second. Malice or Sal. I think what it is, okay, is these are just the the new things that are changing 
and they're not going to stick around because it doesn't work. Okay. I think that, like a tech. I think that they're right. So like maybe you have people who are autistic who are highly functioning and they have mm-hmm. different ways of thinking and they do. Right. And there's, you know, I, I have a really good friend. Her kid is autistic. The kid is a whiz with numbers and that's not uncommon. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's, there's a movie about, about that. There's movies about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Could that be an evolutionary leap? Sure, it could be. But again, you could not let him, her her son, exist on his own. He would die because he does not possess the necessary um, survival skills that a kid his age would. And not necessarily like you could survive. Not, I don't think any kid, depending on their age, could survive on their own completely forever, obviously. Mm-hmm. but but certain kids who are at that level, they, they would not fare as well as other kids who did not have those impediments. So I say this, that it's also a sign of potential that we're evolving, but also that there is no risk factor involved in these evolutions that are happening. Yeah. yeah. There's not so a predator chasing them. There's not they're a... not being right. Yeah. So there's, so I think that's, that's kind of getting into evolving incorrectly. And I also think it's why there's all these, these diseases and syndromes and issues, disorders popping up in people. And it's becoming more prevalent because we can sustain life now. Check and balance. It is, man. If you were born in 1453 and you had a gluten allergy, no one fucking knew what gluten was. Done. Everybody <laughs> ate fucking bread. Yeah. That's it, right? You could be you'd be in pain the rest of your life and you you read about people that lived in the 15th century having issues with their bowels is a very common thing for a very a very long list of reasons, shit mm-hmm. being in the street, living out in the fucking mud, right? But there's you you don't die now from having these issues. So they become they're becoming more prevalent. Just mm-hmm. that's what I am getting at too with this whole the whole thing about like autism. I I do I have thought before that perhaps that's what that is. This is humanity evolving and we're seeing it. It's just mm-hmm. not working, right? Because the whole point of evolution, right? If it's going to stick around, it's superior to the previous form. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other forms that don't matter. Yeah. And and they not that they don't matter, but they're not gonna make it along the evolutionary spectrum. Yeah. Because you can't leave it alone and let it, it'll survive. It just that's just the way it is. Yeah. Well what I was gonna say there is let's let's just say the like the gray, the little alien that people most people think in their heads is an evolutionary mm-hmm. future human. Like that's what we're eventually supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you took one of those grays out of their like super advanced technological environment and just put him into like mm-hmm. your backyard right now, mm-hmm. they'd probably die. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like realistically, they'd probably die. Uh the dog would come up <laughs> and kill him and they'd be done. So I think like, yes, there's the idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes, you the, the wrong backyard, buddy. <laughs> There's the idea that like, you know, an aut- an autistic kid today struggles unless they're high functioning mm-hmm. on their own right now. But mm-hmm. we just talked about the advancement of AI, neurochips, what if autism mm-hmm. in the near future with the help of AI 
makes them mm-hmm. really easy to cohabitate and then it becomes the norm. I mean, that's definitely interesting. Our but technology, things that can- your, our evolution, right, for the longest time was mm-hmm. to survive on a planet with no technology. And now mm-hmm. in the last like 100-ish years, technology is super boomed and leaps. So maybe our evolution is now deciding technology is now part of our evolution. It's not, it's not necessary to be able to be a strong, you know, physical, like, like there's people who are starting to be born with like very small fingernails because mm-hmm. we wear shoes and we don't grab things. People mm-hmm. aren't being born with molars because we now mm-hmm. cut our food and we don't have to like rip into them. So like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like really weird things happening. And I think there, I, I, I do agree that autism could be a wrongful evolution because this happens in other animals. You'll have like a, a, a subsect yeah. of birds and one bird will be like, now we have this beak now and it doesn't work to open the nut that's in their region and they die. And then or the they evolve with, with the wrong yeah. color and they're not attractive anymore and no birds will mate with them. Yep, exactly. So autism could be an evolutionary leap that's like not on the right path and whatever the, the evolution first is. Pancake. Yeah, whatever the evolutionary <laughs> first pancake, whatever the evolutionary um, path is, could go. That didn't mm-hmm. work, and then it just right. goes away. But it could also yeah. be, just, it could also be the next step, and we just don't know it yet because of technology. I think that or I think it's both, right? And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm trying to say is is that you have to look at it this way. Like I said before, the point of evolution is to make something better. That's why yeah. certain things haven't evolved. That's why other things in are your current still evolved, environment, right? though, because you can evolve it, well, yeah. in your current environment, but be worse in a past environment, right? But yeah. what I'm getting at is that's the entire reason why evolution happens. You evolve mm-hmm. based off of your environment, what adaptations you need to be a more optimal creature in that environment, right? Mm-hmm. So there's going to be issues in these offshoots, right? So biology, whatever you want to say, humans are evolving. There are going to be people that are so stunted by their autism or whatever they have, they could not survive on their own, which Mm -hmm. is not necessarily, which is a, which is a good thing because obviously you don't want people to die at all. But if you're looking at it from an evolutionary scale, it's not a good thing, okay? Yeah. Because you're basically telling – th- now we're getting really weird because I feel like there's this whole consciousness thing going on too yeah. with, with how we all you're know life. the right way you're to evolve. Telling you're telling mother nature that, it, that it's, that it's okay right. and that it's, yeah. that it's right. Exactly, right? Yeah. And who knows? Maybe it, it – whatever it is will recognize that it's all only surviving because we're allowing it to survive because we've advanced so far that we can keep everything alive, right? But it's not optimal because it can't survive on its own. And that's the reason why it's not. Those those evolutionary leaps are not optimal. I'll just leave it at that without mm-hmm. saying something that sounds fucked up. And I can, I'm not trying to say things that sound fucked up. But the other thing I think too, to to your point as well, is kids that are autistic, especially even like high functioning ones, one of the things they have issues with is emotion yes. and expressing emotion and feeling emotion. That's why I brought and it up. Perha- 
right? They're not the, they're not there yet at that point where there is no emotion. Therefore there can't be conflict, but there also can't be the good things like art and love or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. But that that's why, because that's going away. And there's just like this, their brain is at this in between, right? Where mm -hmm. you're surrounded by all these people who For feel and love and are really emotional and it's not the optimal environment for them. You know yep. what I mean? So maybe – because I agree with you that that I do think that that's kind of what happening, what's happening. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's a lot of other shit going on with it being you – know, autism being present, all these other disorders being present. It all has to do with the fact that the way we live is not natural. It's chaos. Yep. You know, there's, I saw this picture. Maybe you could even like try to look it up. I don't know how you'd look it up, but I'll describe it to you. Essentially, it's, it's a branch pulled off of like a conifer, like a pine tree. Okay. And on one side of the photo is just the way the branch is, like the little snippet you took off the branch. And on the other side are all the pine needles stacked up in rows with the stick they came off of like right next to it. It looks very orderly, but the one, on the left, which is just the pine tree taken, you know, taken off the way it is, it says order. And the ones where they're all lined up, it says chaos. Because mm. that is chaos to a pine tree. You've, yeah. you've dismembered it. That's chaos, right? Mm -hmm. So the point of, of, of what I'm getting at is that nature has its own order, okay? And that the, the way we live is chaos. Because it's not natural. The natural order of things would mean if you've got shit going on in your life that stunts you from being able to survive on your own, then you are not optimal for life. And that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. that there's that we're getting burnt pancakes and, and squidgy pancakes. And eventually we're going to get to the golden brown pancake again. Right? Yeah, we're no, the version sure. of the golden brown pancake. That's it's, tri it's trial and error of Mother Nature and evolution. Mm -hmm. all that's exactly stuff. that's is it, yeah. This is trial and error. But that that leads me into you made me think of something because like technology, right? Like an autistic person would probably survive best. Like a super autistic person would probably survive best in a IA technology enriched environment where a lot of things were done for them. They just had to monitor things, right? But that gets me into like worrisome, like. If if everyone on this planet just disappeared today, except you and me, would you have any idea how to make? Would you have any idea of how to like make our phones continue to work? Nope. No. Would you have any idea how to like um, keep our Build nuclear reactors, our dams, like all this stuff, the internet, like all these things continue to work? No. Mm -mm. There's a ton of humans on this planet, but there's very few, like in mm -hmm. retrospect, who know how all these things actually work. To a lot of us, it's just magic, really, realistically. It just works. Yeah. I plug it in, it just works. Exactly. And I'm wondering Flip the switch, if, the light comes on. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm concerned if our technological advances are too quick and too advanced mm -hmm. that it is potentially hurting our evolution like as as humans as a species to the point to where like in thousands maybe tens of thousands of years from now humanity is so dependent on it in an evolutionary like uh way that if there's one little like failure in it all of humanity's gone 
Mm-hmm. That's just something to think about. Yeah, and I think I think no. that's a good point to maybe leave that at. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say that what you're talking about is kind of what Graham Hancock says about mm-hmm. um, the younger drives period and how all of this technology kind of made it after this great cataclysm, but not yeah. all of it did because there were people who were dispersed that knew a little bit about a lot and they met with people who didn't know shit about anything. Yep. And it's like trying to get the monkeys to build the Empire State Building, yeah. right? But anyway, <laughs> good yeah. luck. No, I mean, dude, I, that's one of the, the great mysteries to me is like part of me really does think that we're not the first technologically advanced, mm-hmm. you know, group of people if it was people, right? Yeah. What do you want to call people on this planet? So, but anyway. Yeah. It could have been wiped question. out and completely through and we'd have no idea. Right. All right. That was a good one, though. That sparked really good mm-hmm. conversation. That went for a while and down a lot of rabbit holes. <laughs> You're welcome. We're, we're going to get to um, to reality real quick, and we're going to talk a little about politics. That's subjective. Um, <laughs> um, President Xi of the mm-hmm. People's Republic of China was the in PC. San Francisco two weeks ago mm-hmm. um, for a U.S.-China relations dinner. He gave roughly a 40-minute speech. Uh, President Xi received several standing ovations and praise Mm -hmm. from Americans and U.S. government officials during his speech, after his speech, and still to this day. What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on an adversary, leader of an enemy of the United States of America, being in the United States of America and being praised for his speeches? Well, um, I have quite a few thoughts on that. I'll start first with how I learned that he was coming for the APEC conference mm-hmm. um, to San Francisco. Was San Francisco actually got its shit cleaned up, literally and figuratively, <laughs> and that the streets have never Pristine. looked cleaner. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Um, I've learned recently that a lot of them got moved down to the SAC area. So, so let's just like the homeless and stuff. Pontificate on that. Yeah, let's just pontificate on that for a second. At some point, people realized, oh shit, the sh- the streets are clean. Wait, where did all these fucking people go? Right. So there was a concerted effort to bus, drive, what pay off. These yeah. people to go somewhere else to fuck off for a week or however long. So while capitalism he was here. could look great to a communist leader, mm-hmm. which is fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> what you just made me think of is is like the U.S. visiting the USSR, like late stage USSR, and they do all this shit to yeah, to make it look good to the show. U.S. Right? It's a dog and pony show, and it's like when I'm trying to remember the name of it, but one of the the uh, the USSR leaders visited the United States and he went to a grocery store and he said in hindsight that going to that grocery store was how he knew that they were doomed because he had never seen a grocery store so full of food and Mm -hmm. people with full, everybody had a full cart that he knew right then and there that they did not have the resources to compete with the United States. Okay. And he was like, so this just makes path. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't at the tour. Oh yeah, like yeah, no, 
Exactly. Yeah. So, but that just makes me think of that because in the age we're in with technology and let's just use TikTok as an example. Okay. It's fucking owned by the Chinese. You know how much mm-hmm. shit there is on TikTok about San Francisco and the crap that goes on there. The Chinese fucking know. So it's just hilarious. Like, sure. Okay. Like on one side of the coin. Yeah. You're going to clean it up because somebody's coming. Okay. But yeah. on the other side of the coin, they fucking know that shit was there in the first place. And to me, it just says that you don't give a fuck about Californians or Americans at large mm-hmm. to just clean it up in general sheep. and solve the problem. You care more about somebody coming in the dog and pony show. And if you're in the military, you get the frustration because you mm-hmm. deal with it all the fucking time. Everything's fucking broken. But when somebody comes around, we're going to do it this way, even though it's, this way don't fucking work. Just for this yeah. person's enjoyment, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's my first thought on that is it's fucking hilarious. And Gavin Newsom is a moron. Um, secondly, I hate that the person greeting Xi Jinping is 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 Joe Biden. Okay. And and we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um well I want, let's let's compare and contrast it real quick, right? So mm-hmm. Joe Biden, president, G, mm-hmm. enemy of the United States. Like you, you can sugarcoat mm-hmm. all you want. Enemy of the United States. Devout comes devout comes enemy. yeah. Comes to the US to meet our president mm-hmm. and then talk in front of our people. Okay. Mm-hmm. When Trump was president, he like went he, like mm-hmm. the North Korean leader didn't come to the US. They met at a place that pretty much only Kim Jong-un can meet at. And mm-hmm. it was not like a, hey, listen to our speech. It was a behind closed doors, pretty much like Trump saying like, fuck you fest. Like it was a completely well, yeah. different like thing. I just want to compare and contrast that. that. That's just interesting to me, the way that, that the, those two things happened. So, yeah. And then they got, they got their picture moment, right? Meeting yeah. at the border. Of course. And, and Trump, Trump walking into North Korea, right? Yeah. And and that's cool and all. But it also makes me think of that story about Trump being at the dinner table with them and uh, basically talking about shooting a fucking missile at that Iranian general, I think mm-hmm. Khomeini. I don't remember his name. I don't know his name. If either. I said it wrong. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. We've talked about it on this episode. But basically before. saying, like, yeah, exactly. Fuck with me and that'll be, that's you next, bro. You know what yep. I mean? And I could zoom you from anywhere on the fucking world and, and fucking give you a real close haircut. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, and I, I see where you're going with this. And yeah, that's that's called operating from a position of strength. Um, and strength is deterrence, like we like to say. So but um, yeah, I hated I hated seeing just all these Chinese flags. Um, it'd be one thing if it was like, Chinese and American flags, I get it, right? We would do that if it was the fucking, you know, Nicaraguans or the Japanese visiting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the one thing that really ticked me off was seeing the the Marines holding the flags, the Chinese flags, and and like I know that that's not abnormal. Okay, any other flag, it would be if the Swedish flag, there would be a Marine holding it or whatever. The issue you know what is I mean? that they Just are because. the enemy. Of the United States. The issue is there, the enemy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It'd be like us like welcoming a delegation from ISIS and yeah. from ISIS and they've there there's a Marine 
holding it and his li- the little fucking waist belt and it's got yeah. the the fucking you know what I mean like no. mm-hmm. I mean it, it, yes I'm aware there's a big fucking difference between ISIS and China right anyway they're still an enemy okay mm-hmm. and um I just I don't do I think that the gov- our government and the way it is right now has the strength to deal with them the way that we need to no I don't and I think that it's exactly the sort of government that somebody like Xi Jinping and the CCP want. Okay, um, I don't buy any of the shit that Joe Biden says they talked about and agreed on about economic things between the two countries and working closer together and opening some of that back up. I don't think shit all is going to happen about the fentanyl crisis that China is one hundred percent fueling in this country. Mm-hmm. I don't think I even saw that they said that the United States and the Chinese were going to re uh, re up on doing military exercises and military communication together. That one I could kind of see happening, but it's not going to be from a, a spot that where where everybody's like, oh, it's look, nefarious. Uh, no, it's nefarious. Exactly. It's China. You know to I mean? spy we're both on like, us. like, like, hell, that's what well, you're going to do. And us to spy on them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. It's not fucking this this handshake. That's not what yeah. it is. You know what I mean? That's the only one that I could see happening. Nice. (laughs) Right. And I think it's fucking hilarious that he sits there and when he's talking about the good, quote unquote, good things he did in these conversations. And he's talking about the environmental crisis and the Green Deal and all this shit. Meanwhile, China burns more fucking coal than anybody on planet Earth. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then. This administration talks so much about wanting to be green, and I'm going to give you a very recent example, another example about why that's bullshit. There are about 400 or so miles inland in the United States. There are two port cities, okay? One of them is in Idaho, and the other one is, I want to say it's either Oregon or Washington, but it's Lewiston and Clarkston, and there are two port cities along the Snake River. And uh, there's another river that they lead into the Columbia, okay? And a ton of actual goods that gets shipped around our country go through these two random port cities 400 miles into the U.S. And in order for that to happen, okay, they have a fuckload of dams. I'm pretty sure it's Oregon. And that... That whole system of dams is why electricity is so cheap in the Pacific Northwest because most of it comes from hydroelectric power Mm -hmm. because there's so many dams to support that, okay? Super quietly, the Biden administration came up with a deal to essentially destroy – eventually destroy those dams, okay, and build um, different power plants on – Native American reservation land, okay, instead of using hydroelectric power, using these different power plants, which are going to basically have the same sort of carbon footprint as as 500 fucking vehicles a day or some shit like that, right? And it's like, and the argument here is too, let me give more context, is that the dams create issues for the animals that live in that area. That it's killing salmon and steelhead fish, okay, and that the the ladders that exist up these dams to help them travel upstream to to respawn, they aren't good enough, and that the population is dwindling. So it's, that's a legitimate issue, right? It's this major food source for a lot of people, mm. okay. But 
But to me, just, you know, oh, we're going to destroy all these fucking dams that basically power the Pacific Northwest just to essentially give something back to the local indigenous community there. And oh, by the way, the carbon footprint is going to be astronomical. It's just hypocritical and laughable. Just think of all you know? the jobs it's going to make, Brandon. So many people have jobs that already and... exist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that's what they're arguing to be. Look, think of all the jobs yeah. to break down these dams. Going to need hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of people brought to hundreds of thousands of jobs yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, he, he sits jobs. on these in these speeches and he, he talks about how, you know, the Chinese have agreed, you know, more to cooperate more with, you know, lowering the risk of, you know, of climate change accelerating all this stuff, which is, is total bullshit. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they care about, or the, the Chinese leadership cares about is the bottom line. And the bottom line is beating the United States. The bottom line is becoming the world's hegemon at any cost. Yeah. Care about their people. And, oh, by the way, there's another weird medical thing going on there. Okay. And it's here in the United States now in Ohio and Massachusetts. And oh, by the way, I saw in the news article I read about it being in Ohio that one of the reasons why they think it's it's becoming so prominent, and again, I'm going to avoid using certain language, okay, is because people's people's immune systems are compromised from certain decisions that were made during a certain <laughs> period of time. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I just find that really interesting. But, you know, I, I think that Xi Jinping looks at the United States and sees weakness right now. And I think that he I, I will say this. So I'm going to ask you to pull out your uh, your 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 search engine skills here okay. that there was the potential that Xi Jinping actually asked Joe Biden for money because of some of the economic crises that they're failing or that they're feeling there in China with their housing market. Um, and, and some of the other shortages that, that they're they're having. I've, just, I've been Let's wondering if here. there was any truth to that. I'm not seeing anything initially. It could have been like something mm-hmm. small. We probably won't see it for a while or whatever. Yeah. We'll have to ask David Zhang when he comes back next month because he's uh, yeah. he's going to be back on with us. Um, yeah, yeah, I want to been... definitely bring this up to him too, like this mm-hmm. talk, like what's it mean overall, like what's his thoughts. But something I want to show here is like – so let's see here. Let me pull it up. I also think this is really interesting. He is called His Excellency mm-hmm. for this speech. Mm-hmm. It's the subtleness of all this that is just so strange to me. He's called mm-hmm. His Excellency. You were talking about the Marines carrying the Chinese flag. And we mm-hmm. were talking earlier, you know, about like if the government presents it enough, it eventually just becomes the norm. Who did they maybe have talks about? Yeah, China, you won. Can you please let us live our lives and don't interfere with us too much? But like, you won, but we'll slowly no, I, start. We'll slowly start mm-hmm. stirring more pro-China things to get our people on board. I mean, I don't think that's what happened, but I—that's certainly a fear. You know what I mean? Um, appeasement, right? And yeah. and kind of letting giving up, you waving the white flag, essentially. Of China. 
Right. That's his, that's his well, special title. That's that's his preferred title, right? His Excellency. Yeah, but fuck him. He doesn't get his preferred right. title. No, I agree, <laughs> man. And, and this is this is kind of. I think I've said this before, either to you or somebody else. But this is like this something that before, bugged. like he gets his title, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's after his name. Mm-hmm. Mm. She gets the honorable because she's a secret. She's a secretary of commerce. It, that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's just his preferred title. It's probably just, you know, you know, a, a respect thing. I don't know. It just seems just seems odd to me. He's the only he's the his excellency. This is this whole thing just seems odd to me. It seems really weird. I don't like well, I mean, it. Like that's how I don't mm-hmm. understand why it happened. It just seems odd to me. Could have a phone call with well, the like, guy. Why is it doing well, the whole spectacle of it? I mean, they were there for a legitimate thing, right? APEC. You know what I mean? That's that's not a weird, random, out of nowhere thing. Um, it just so happened to be that APEC was in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but I do like the, people try to make a big deal about the fact that Biden had all the press kicked out of the room um, for their like private talk, mm-hmm. and I do think it's weird to kick all of the press out. But I also think that it's understandable to have both of these people who are world leaders have a private conversation. And I don't think that's unusual, Mm. right? Because not every conversation the president has with other world leaders, there's a reporter standing there the whole time. Um, But I do think it's weird the way that that happened. And then the the whole time they they were showing, I saw in the video of reporters leaving, they didn't know what was going on. And Biden is just sitting there kind of chuckling about their frustration. It's like, couldn't you have standed up as as the president and been like, hey, we're going to talk as world leaders. You know, you're you're coming back or like saying something, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Instead of just being like, all right, everyone get the fuck out. And everybody's like, what the hell is going on? And he's just sitting there like, <laughs> like Biden didn't what the fuck is that, dude? Why. <laughs> Probably not, bro. And it's it's sad that that is a possibility, but yeah, um, yeah, man. I I know that they that the Chinese were here for a legitimate reason. I don't like some of the things I saw, like you that you're talking about. It makes me mm-hmm. very uncomfortable. You know, there's all these people greeting them uh, with with waving these Chinese flags and all this shit. Like, you know how it is. That military is the same way. It's fucking yeah. in a crowd for everything. You can't go home because we got to go watch somebody get a fucking award for their brownie sale. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have to, you yeah, have to yeah. go fucking be it. And they try to make you feel like a piece of shit, like you're not supporting somebody. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I, I am looking forward to the possibility and am hopeful that we have some stronger leadership who will not treat people like Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party as if they are peers and treat them like the the dictators that they are. And get them to realize that you may be doing what you're doing over there. I'm aware of it. I don't agree with it. And if you fuck with me, like Gen- General Mattis said, I will kill you all. Yeah. And that's that's what needs to fucking happen. Yeah. 100%. That's my stance. It won't fucking change. So, but yeah. I am in uh, my- agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, it just we could have a whole ass conversation. We will next month, guys. If you're listening, we're having David Jang and Sino Talk coming back on, and so we'll get two separate, um, you know, takes. We'll get David's more 
economic and political take, and we'll get Sinnoh's, uh, you know, intelligence, military conflict take on things. Um, and that's the point of having them both on in the same month. So you guys get a well-rounded uh, set of information and opinions from people on all these different fronts. So looking yep. forward to those conversations. Um, but the one thing I wanted to ask you is, have you ever heard of the Aura goggles or Aura glasses? Yes. Um, we've actually talked you about have. them before. We t- we We've briefly talked about talked the Aura goggles, so we talked. Yeah, we we briefly mm-hmm. didn't we briefly talk about these goggles with um, five hundred nine paranormal or something like that. I can't 305 remember. Five paranormal. No, 305 we talked paranormal. about the first iteration of NVGs and the red color that it used. Was in Vietnam, pilots and soldiers were seeing like entities and monsters and yes. shit. We talked about that. Is that not what this is? This is not what that is. Okay, because they were okay. What's so then? But it's very similar. Yeah. Okay. Bring me up to so speed. the whole NVG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the this this came out way before the technology for night vision goggles happened. So these they're called um, Dicenin glasses or Dicenin goggles because Dicenin is, and if I'm saying that right, is um, the color blue. Okay. Okay. Uh, it is also made from uh, coal tar. It's very rare. It's actually illegal now, and you're not allowed to use it for certain things, um, or most things. You're not allowed to produce it. It's very rare to find. Um, you can still find these aura goggles. Um, you know, there's only there's obviously there's a very small number of them, and some people have some. But you can buy mm-hmm. knockoffs, but they're not made with this color, made from coal tar dicene, right? Okay. Um, but essentially, in 1908. Dr. Walter Kilner was studying what, you know, makes humans who they are and had this feeling essentially that, uh, or through the science he was doing, that the vibrations that humans give off, that there would be some sort of aura around us. And and this whole concept of of an aura is really, really old anyway. But he wanted to develop a way to see that. Yeah, their aura, what the color, yeah, the yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the essence around them, right? To develop a way to see this. And so he used the blue dye from um, DiCNN, put it on these lenses, and made goggles, essentially. Um, and he said, and other people confirmed this, right? That you can see people's auras. And they actually became super popular. And you might be aware of like the spiritualist movement at the very beginning of like the 20th century, um, where these big seances groups, you know, come. And this was very prominent, like the Victorian and Edwardian era too, having these big group seances talking about ghosts, the act of scrying, all this stuff. But spiritualists use these goggles as well as a way to essentially look at people. And then they also kind of said the same thing about the MBGs that they could see really weird entities um, that were giving them information and that because they had these goggles on, they could see them. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of shortly after they came to prominence, it became very popular that they became, the goggles became illegal and developing this color, this chemical essentially also became illegal. And it is kind of a a, um, a hazardous process because it's using coal tar. Yeah. And so like the whole point behind it is that, oh, it's unhealthy for you to it's do. So it's illegal. Out. 
for That's your always safety, the don't out. do this. Right. Yeah. Right. So the conspiracy is is that the government who has you know proven to have been looking into the spiritual and you know has said that you can do all kinds of things like you know uh communicate to spirits that you can remote view all these things right there's facts and there's there's studies that you can read about that they actually did these things but they mm-hmm. just didn't want people to have that ability because they didn't know what it would mean okay um but one of the the really odd things that uh I thought or read about when I was reading about this is when he first developed them, he didn't tell anybody about it, but he went out in public and was walking around looking at people and their aura. Okay. Um, and not everybody had one. Hmm. And so like the first thing that came to my mind was like NPCs, right? Okay, yeah. What what would be the fucking point of not having one? You know what I mean? And I just want to tell for, for any weirdos out there who don't know what an aura is, I copy and pasted a definition for you that is an electromagnetic field around people that is constantly vibrating and interacting with our bodies and the vibrations of the environment around us, essentially displaying aspects of our thoughts, emotions, and spirituality through its vibrations, sometimes denoted in color. So it's basically like your body's mood ring, right? Which I think is a really good way of saying that. But, dude, isn't that weird? Not everybody had an aura? Like, what the the fuck? That's weird, dude. It's funny you said, like, like, are they, like, NPCs? I don't know if I've brought this. I've had this conversation with someone, and I don't know if we've had it on here. But I do think there are NPCs on this like planet, and I think it's actually the majority okay. of humans are NPCs. Mm. To be honest, they just so exist. What, that, what does that mean to you? That like to the whole NPC thing, like they're they they literally exist to just do like the bare minimum stuff. Uh, like they don't create. They don't. They don't alter anything in like the world or their lives. Um, like, like a big mm-hmm. idea I've, I've thought of is like, um, do you have a voice in your head, Brandon? Yeah, I do actually have. A you voice. have an internal monologue. You can hear I have an internal monologue. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I know I not everybody an, has one. Yeah, I have an internal monologue. Did you mm-hmm. know having an internal monologue is actually the minority? I did know that. Yeah. So. What I'm kind of getting at is like having a, I think it's like a conscious, I can never say the word right, but a conscious, a, con- a conscious, mm-hmm. conscious or whatever, an internal mm-hmm. monologue, being able to have like higher rational thought. I think those are non NPCs. Mm. I think people yeah. who don't have an internal monologue don't have common sense, which isn't that common, that type of stuff. They're NPCs. Mm-hmm. They're- it's so weird to me that how can you like, not talk to yourself in your mind like how do you get through your day you know what i mean like yeah that just seems so foreign to me like i need an expert opinion so i talk to myself right (laughs) you know how many times i've said to myself well this fucking blah 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 is bullshit or i can't believe this or wow i wouldn't do that or whatever Uh you know it's just really weird It, it it seems so odd to me that somebody doesn't have that but when i've talked to people who don't they're like wait you do What's like, even yeah, you weirder? You never talk to yourself. Do you know what's rarer than an internal monologue? Mm-mm. Internal imaging. Mm-hmm. Can you close your eyes and like see something? Can you like watch a movie in your brain? Yeah, I've done that before. 
Yeah. That's even rarer than internal monologue. I can do that as well. Really? Yes. The minority of humans can in their brain, like, like right now, my eyes are closed. I can like envision Kuma walking out like to this area and then walking over there. I can Bro. replay a memory from Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. That's not the my that's not the majority. That is okay, a you want to know trait. something weird and goofy about me that like I've never told anybody this, but like why would I? Yeah. But like an exercise I do sometimes in my fucking head is I'll look off in the distance at something and like if I see like a bird on a branch mm-hmm. in a tree, for whatever reason, I'll try to like POV the bird. And like imagine that. what he sees. <laughs> yes. And bro, like in my brain, I just instantaneously see the trees, the leaves, the branches, the buildings behind it as if I was like the bird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But and like I can do that. I don't know why I do that, but I'm just like I'm like looking at this bird, I'm like, oh, I wonder what it's like over there. And that's literally what I think. And then I put myself in that mindset. This sounds so fucking dumb when I'm saying it out loud. But it's I not do this dumb. all the time. I do the same I thing. I do this all the time. But yeah. I, I mean, I've never told anybody that. Like, why would I? What's the point? You know, I'm not hiding it. But it's just like I have thought like, oh, I want to know what it looks like over there. And then mm-hmm. I imagine it as if it I'm over there. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's like remote viewing. I don't think – it's not remote viewing in the way that like we've talked You're just, about it. But like – You are smart enough to know what that view would look like and your brain mm-hmm. is – good enough to fill what would probably be there based off what you're kind of seeing. Like I've never been in your house. I have no idea what's in front of you right now. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I've never seen it. I have no idea. I've seen mm-hmm. like snaps before of like your living room. So I kind of know like what your mm-hmm. entertainment center looks like, but I don't know the layout of where that is in your house right mm-hmm. now. I bet I could be pretty accurate with what you see. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, behind you is the wall. I'm guessing the wall behind you right now goes to the back of your house. Mm-hmm. Okay? Cool. So, that was a good guess. I, I don't know how I would know that. But that's the back mm-hmm. of your house is the wall behind you. So, in yeah. front of you goes, like, the road to your house that goes across your house is in front of you, right? No. No? Okay, Sorry. so I'm – That's fine. I could be wrong here. But like your room is like your little like computer room den area. I'm assuming your desk is in the middle of your room. It's not up against the wall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your door is in front of you to your right. Uh, no, it's pretty smack dab in the middle. It's middle? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then. It I'm used to very... be though. No, no. I'll say this though. The desk has moved since we started doing this and it mm. did used to be that way. Okay. Okay. But like that that's me. I'm kind of doing what you do with the bird. I'm visualizing mm-hmm. what you're seeing. You know what I mean? I'm trying to like yeah. what because I don't know anything around you except like what I see behind you, honestly. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to visualize what it is that maybe you're seeing. But like mm-hmm. people can't do that. That's a minority trait. You want to know something really interesting? I just learned this recently. Are you aware of what like synesthesia is? <laughs> So synesthesia is the ability – they used to think it was a disorder, but they've come to understand that this that babies actually have this ability to where your senses overlap. So 
you ever heard of somebody who can smell the color green or yeah. like when they see the color orange, maybe a certain number comes to mind that happens for people very often. Like, or they're the people who have synesthesia that happens to them all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. But they've done studies on people who have synesthesia and have found that they have much higher I and EQs than other people and that their capabilities to understand are really, really high. And when I say that, it's not like they can comprehend extremely well and retain information because they're retaining it, not just in one way, but in many ways. Mm -hmm. So if you're familiar with the term, a mnemonic device. Yes. Okay. For people listening who don't know what a mnemonic device, I'll give you an example of one that I know. Mount Fuji in Japan is 12,345 feet tall. That's a rough number. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Twice. But that's a, that's a rough number. But 12,345 feet tall is just one, two, three, four, five. Right. Okay. So yeah. that's a mnemonic device. Okay. But anyway, everything is their mnemonic device. Okay. But babies do this a lot. And it's because everything is so new in here and they're hardwiring themselves that they've actually done experiments on babies where they will essentially pair smells or sights with different things that wouldn't have normally anything to do with each other, right? Like you could assume if you look at the color green, an idea for a smell that may pop into your head may be like mint or grass or pine, but because yeah. those things are green, right? Mm -hmm. But seeing the color green for people with synesthesia could mean they smell fish or it could mean they smell, you know, coal smoke or whatever. You know what I mean? That's why people so, get favorite colors. Sure. But one of the most interesting things about this study I learned is that the highest concentration of adults with synesthesia is in Japan. Hmm. And tell me that doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. <laughs> it does because they're very, uh, yeah, that does make very sense. Very smart. They're, yeah. they're very good at, at things. And the thing is with synesthesia, people who have it are extremely creative and intelligent. And those things yeah. are paired together. And normally when you meet somebody, right, somebody who's like really fucking smart, like pop in your brain. And I mean like really fucking nerdy smart. They're not mm -hmm. very creative. And they normally are very, you know, stunted on the emotional side of things. And they're mm -hmm. a little awkward. And most of the time they're introverts and Japanese people I'll get, I'll say are, are pretty introverted Very people rude. in general. That's their culture you know what I mean? It is their culture too, but yeah. they're extremely creative and smart at the same time. Mm -hmm. And they do both together really, really well. Yeah. Hayao Miyazaki's movies. Those are incredible, right? Nintendo, Toyota, yeah. right? Let's just gut like they fucking, Continue, right? Yeah, exactly. But the <laughs> highest concentration of synesthesia is in Japan. And I thought that was it makes a lot of sense. It's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it just kind of like ties back into this whole conversation that we've been having about people and how we learn and develop in evolution. You know, it's I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. What are you looking up? It's nothing. Um just typing random things. The uh, mm. um, what's interesting with that too. So you said like the Japanese people. So I've noticed this a lot with the 
not suing. So she's Japanese, right? Your wife. But, yeah, my wife. But she doesn't uh, she doesn't think a lot like I do. So I know she does not have an internal monologue because I've asked mm-hmm. her about it. She doesn't have one. Hmm. She doesn't have she doesn't so she You're thinks a lot out NPC. loud. I, mm-hmm. I am. So she thinks a lot out loud. Um which is crazy because I, I've asked her before, hey, when, when you're trans, because you speak Japanese and English, I'm like, hey, when you're like translating things to English in your mind, is it Japanese? And she was like, no. And I was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean no? Like you're not thinking Japanese and having to translate? She's like, she's like, no, I just say it in English. And there mm-hmm. are times where she's talking and she doesn't know it. She'll go from English to Japanese back to English or Japanese to English mm-hmm. back to Japanese. Like the whole Spanglish thing. Yeah, she doesn't know she does it. But she also doesn't have it. She doesn't have an internal monologue. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm going to ask her. She's on a trip right now. She comes back Sunday. But I'm going to ask her. Can you visually see things in your mind? Because I've never asked her that before. Hmm. But I know she doesn't have an internal monologue. Yeah. But what's interesting about it is we visited. So we used to live in Fairchild Air Force Base, which is in Spokane, Washington. We visited one of her friends one time. So I've driven to this place one time and it's like in a dense area, but kind of off a beaten path or whatever. And I've never been to that area ever before, but we've driven to it one time. Okay. This was like six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Five-ish years ago. Okay. And so we have our baby registry and someone bought us some stuff for like our baby or whatever from our baby registry. But they didn't put their name on it, but it had the address of where it came from. Mm. And I looked up the address and where it was on like a zoomed out map, I immediately knew it was her friend, even though I've only ever been there one time. Mm. And so I told her, I was like, hey, your friend, Raina, sent us some stuff. You should thank her. And she's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. So she asked Raina and Raina told her no. Right. Mm. No, that was because they're trying to play it off that, you know, because they, they didn't leave a name. They tried to make it anonymous, but they were bad at it. Okay. And Raina's like, no, it wasn't us. So then not soon comes back. She's like, how do you know it was her? And I was like, because it's the exact place we went to for dinner that one time. And she was like, mm. how do you remember that? You know, because she doesn't have that thought process or anything like mm-hmm. that. She doesn't get I'm that. the same way, dude. But. That's the thing that I've noticed with her several times. We'll we'll be driving. She has no concept of north, south, east, west. Mm-hmm. None. I feel like we're talking about the differences between men and women now. <laughs> we we could be. Yeah. We could be. But I know of women who do have this, you know. It's not just Same. men and women. Demi does. Demi has very yeah. distance of direction. But like she has no concept of north, east, southwest. If I drive somewhere a slightly different way, Natsumi is lost. Because mm-hmm. she does it based off of landmarks. She takes yeah. a right at McDonald's to mm-hmm. then go down there until she gets to Lowe's and then takes a left at Lowe's and then goes past this specific mm-hmm. sign. You know what I mean? Whereas me, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm going down Mitchell Avenue for 3.4 miles and then I take a, I go east on mm-hmm. this thing. You know what I mean? And it's just, yeah. I'm wondering if that it may be because she doesn't have an internal monologue. So, you got to ask Demi, does she have internal monologue? Because you said she, she does. thinks. We've, we've had this conversation before. So she has a concept of East. So I'm wondering, going back to the aura thing and NPCs, maybe people who 
it it, it, may, it doesn't have to be like an intelligence thing, even though it could be. But maybe people who are more using their brain for other stuff, like internal monologue, video, like motion in their head, understanding like where they are specifically on the earth and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. Maybe that gives off a higher reading. So like the aura is, is, to it. is more out there because you're giving mm-hmm. off more of it. And people who are like an NPC who don't have that, it would he couldn't see it. I'm wondering if that's what it is. I mean, maybe you just, yeah, you're not in tune with everything around you. You're mm-hmm. very low vibration, right? Yeah. That makes sense. NPC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have to come up with like a different acronym for that or like different meaning for, for that. But uh, yeah, man. Well, I think, uh, I think it's a good pace to, to wrap it up, dude. And um, I will wrap it up by saying, don't forget about Jesse Carey. Yes. If you're if you're still listening after two and a half hours, don't forget about Jesse Carey. Head over to the Ironclad YouTube channel. Ask mm-hmm. on on you know. And I'll, even, I'll, even, I'll even say this, right? If you're still listening, if you go and comment and screenshot and send it to me on Instagram, I'll post it and I'll send you a free sticker, a couple free stickers. That's so, pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you heard, if you heard yeah. this, if you heard that. Go do it. Or go do it anyway, yep. like we said earlier. But where the fuck Ask is Jesse Carey? I don't where Jesse Carey is and where is, where is the final episode of Hiding Something. Mm-hmm. I still really want to know why the Georgia Guidestones got blown up. And no one seemed to give a fuck about it. I think it had something it to do with Mr. Related. Christian and his group. Right? To Jesse. Maybe it was Jesse no. Carey, dude. It's weird that the thing with cameras, like, no one could have like a lot of video yeah. evidence or anything. It's just go whatever. listen to our Georgia Guidestones episode. Yeah. It's all in there. But all right, guys. Uh, as always, if you have enjoyed this or other episodes in our content in general, please give us a like, give us a follow, turn the notifications on, comment, let us know what you think, subscribe. If you normally listen to us or watch us on one platform, please consider just jumping over to another, even if you don't watch us there and just following or subscribing there too. It really helps Mm -hmm. us out. Um, And I say this, this is an open invitation. I've said it before in the, uh, on, on Instagram. If you go and follow us or subscribe or you leave a review, just send a screenshot. I will send you a few free stickers. Uh, So yeah. Um, It's all you you guys listening. listening. Yeah, it is. It's all you guys listening. that got us to number 44. For two days in a For row. two days. If you keep that's listening, a, keep sharing, keep doing that stuff, we can get up there, maybe knock uh, Joe You'll Rogan off number one. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. We're going to wrap it up here. Zach, have a good night. I'll talk to you later. You as well. What's going on, Fire fans? I Came With Fire podcast is sponsored by Red Clover Coffee and Sheep's Clothing, LLC. Red Clover Coffee is a veteran-owned company with small batch roasted coffees, and they just happen to donate to some pretty awesome charities. Whether you're into specialty flavored coffees, single-source coffees, or having a really cool coffee mug and some badass slaps, Red Clover has you covered. You can order ground, whole bean, or even coffee pods and get it all at 10% off your entire purchase using coupon code came with fire again that's 10 percent off your entire purchase using our coupon code came with fire 
I personally love their Blueberry Invasion and African Roast. That Blueberry Invasion hits the spot. Head over and get yourself some awesome coffee and support us by supporting our sponsor. I Came With Fire podcast is also sponsored by Sheep's Clothing, LLC. Sheep's Clothing, LLC is a unifying banner for all violent arts, disciplines, professions, and survivors of violent circumstances. Redefine violence. Both Zach and I being survivors of violent circumstances and LEOs in the military, we are especially excited to be able to offer you 10% off your entire purchase with coupon code FIRE10 at checkout. Whether you're looking for an awesome t-shirt, hats, slaps, flags, or MMA gear, they've got you covered. Me personally, I love my snapback with the leather patch surrounded by God's flannel. If you know, you know. That's coupon code FIRE10. F-I-R-E-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast. And if you should feel compelled, treat yourself by supporting our sponsors as well. They truly make a difference for us. Now let's make a difference for them. See you on the next show.